hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thanks to everyone joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Uh, take two of the intro, State of Hoppy. How is that? Hey, uh, good recovery. Good recovery. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we already got our first guest on the show uh, waiting uh, to jump on. So before we bring him on here, I want to just quickly uh, run down what we got going on on the show. A uh, quick thank to, thanks to everybody who uh, tunes in on Facebook Live and YouTube uh, after the stream. We really appreciate it. Uh, for all those uh, Canucks fans and friends of mine personally on the West Coast who are tuning in, we'll be done here before the Canucks game. Don't you worry. All right, show rundown. We got the Hoppy Hour, and we got a special guest for the Hoppy Hour, which uh, I'll let uh, I'll let well the state of Hoppy here introduce momentarily. We got some wild news and notes. Um, we also have a special guest, which again I'll hand things over, I'll hand everything over to the state of Hoppy because he's the one who really put this show together here. Um, a little bit of football talk, and we're not talking uh, soccer here. We're talking American football, ladies and gentlemen, and some beer talk as well. We've got the Broadway Boys, uh, the New York Rangers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network joining us to talk a little bit about the draft. Um, we're we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs, maybe make a few beer bets uh, to end the show and just quickly run down our poll questions. So that's kind of everything uh, right off the bat. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out? Who's joining us, though, for this, uh, this hoppy hour here right off the bat? Yeah, so coming on here with us, uh, scumbag Philadelphia Flyers fan. Uh, borderline alcoholic i think he goes to breweries a little too frequently but uh has some good insight here for us on uh a couple of the stops he made here this past weekend when i say a couple i think it was over a dozen so uh i don't know joe i'll let you jump in and uh take it away hold on one second one second so you brought pete jensen on a couple weeks ago and now you intro our guest saying he's a scumbag i mean do i even want this on our show like what is this He's a Flyers fan. How else do I describe him? <laughs> a Philly scum. Okay, that makes more sense. How's it going, Joe? Thanks for jumping on the Soda Pod. Yeah, it's going great, guys. Uh, it's it's uh, really cool to be on here. I'm a big fan of the pod, so it's actually kind of uh, cool to actually be able to be on here and chat with you guys a little bit. Um, yeah, I can only, you know, I'm sure he made me wait to come in because I'm sure I didn't get a great intro. Which that's okay. Coming from a guy whose team just lost to Montreal in four games, I wouldn't expect anything less. But uh, um, the show is awesome. Listen to it all the time in my car. Um, so I'm happy to be here. 
Oh, um, we really appreciate it, Joe. If you could just do us one favor. Closer if you to could, the mic. Yeah, if you could either turn up your mic a little bit or just come a little closer, that would be awesome for the audio. It's not too bad, and I'll work my magic. Um, but just so yeah. those who are tuning in on the live stream so they can uh, oh. hear you a little bit better there. Um, State yeah. of Hoppy, you, you, wanted to bring, uh, you wanted to bring Joe here on the show, not to necessarily talk about the Philadelphia Flyers, though I'm sure we'll talk a little hockey as this is a hockey podcast. But this is the Hoppy Hour segment, and um, you've been kind of pumping this on Twitter uh, for a little while now, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to hand the reins over to you to run down this special edition of the Hoppy Hour. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we've been saying ever since I jumped on and started talking to you here on the pod that Duluth is just such an underrated oasis of great Minnesotan craft beer. And uh, it just so happened that Joe, uh, my brother, for anyone that doesn't know, was planning a trip up there and planned on going to a bunch of breweries. So I figured this is our perfect opportunity to, I guess, leverage that to talk about some of the breweries. I've been to a lot of the ones he's going to talk about, but had to get a fresh perspective if we were going to actually go in depth here for a segment. All right, well, what are we starting with right off the bat then? Actually, one second. We had some comments here on the Facebook Live already, which is awesome. So I always want to just run them down as they come in. Uh, Shane Van Nice, arguably, you know, the best fan of the Soda Pod. I mean, right behind you, Joe. Uh, he says, sup, sup. Um, Doug Taylor, a fan of the network. He follows a few shows here. says, why don't you get some real hockey fans on like Bruins fans? Uh, he's a big Bruins guy and likes to take any shot at us uh, who are, well, not boston bruins fans uh at all and by the way you just lost your top goalie there doug uh, so i wouldn't be talking just yet uh but to get back into the hoppy hour here what do we got on tap right off the bat take her away joe why don't you talk about where all you went and then do a little bit deeper dive into the one we're here for castle danger and just talk duluth beer in general yeah so it's, it's easy for me to get carried away with with talking and explaining everything but uh I'll, I'll do my best to try to speak up. I'm, I'm coming into you guys from my phone um, because as a teacher here in Minnesota, I haven't touched my school computer in uh, a little over two months now. So as I opened it up to get on here, um, millions of updates popped up and I can't really get on it right now. So, um, so I will start by saying um, initially there were so many trips planned uh, for this summer. Um, I'm a sports coach as well, so sports all ended. We were able to do a little stuff with that. And the original plan was to fly out to Seattle um, and drive down the coast, hit up some of the breweries in Washington, Oregon, um, Northern California. Uh, that didn't happen because of COVID. So then we were like, oh, let's go to Glacier National Park or something, just a quick drive, uh, stay there for a week. That didn't work because the whole park wasn't open. So um, instead, naturally, we we're just like, let's go up north. Let's hit a ton of breweries. And um, in about, I think it was four days, we hit uh, 13 breweries. So wow. Um, so I definitely have a lot I can talk about. Um, I was on vacation kind of the whole past week. So um, I have an extremely full beer belly um, as I'm <laughs> talking to you guys, too. So um yeah, uh, I will jump in and talk about um, first by saying, you know, I know uh, as the state of hockey just said, um, I am lucky enough to be his brother. Um, and so I uh, was going up to the parents' lake house as well for my first time last weekend. And uh, all the breweries that he talked about, um, 
I kind of feel the same way. Austin Brewery's up there. Uh, Portage, I didn't go to Jack Pine. Um, but there's some really good breweries up there. Um, but the Duluth area specifically, um, I know the one I have to kind of talk about the most is Castle Danger. Um, before I get into talking about the brewery and how I liked it, um, I will say my typical taste is a pale ale or an IPA. Um, hey, cheers to the pale ales, my friend. I got one going on right now. As do yeah, I. That's, that's awesome. To me, they're just, they're crisp, they're refreshing. Um, they got a little bit of everything, reason. eh? They got a little hops, they're yep. crisp, and like you said, and they're refreshing. Like, they're one of those beers when you drink cold, you're just like, oh, you're so satisfied. Yep, and even, and for me, it's even in the winter. Like, you know, when in the winter, people think of their stouts and porters and something that could come a little with a little bit more thickness or, you know, maybe not as crisp and refreshing, but no matter the time of year, I'm, I'm drinking pale ales and IPAs. So, um, you know, a lot of the opinions that I talk about and everything are coming from a guy who mainly just drinks those, um, which I should also say I can't stand porters, stouts. Don't drink them at all. Yeah, he's not on the peanut butter train. Okay, okay. It's good to have some variety in the family. Yeah, right, right. And so um, I will say, like, I, to me, there's no such thing as a bad beer. People like it. Go for it. I mean, I, I don't think you're uh, different or anything for liking them. But, yeah, just I like stuff that's cold and refreshing and crisp and um, so diving into Castle Danger, um, what I loved listening to the show where you guys, uh, had, uh, Joey Meadow on and, um, that Scotty was in Wyoming. I don't know if I called him Scotty. State of Poppy was in Wyoming. Um, I loved hearing that, you know, we were talking about the breweries and you guys are like, well, these breweries aren't paying us. This is free advertising. So, um, I'm probably <laughs> going to rustle some feathers here when I say, I, uh, I am not a fan of Captain Bank. Um, to me, there's a, I could find something I like at every brewery and have a great time. Um, but I wasn't a fan just because I don't think they're known for their IPAs and their tailors. Um, when I hear of people getting a Castle Danger, um, even at a bar in Minneapolis or St. Paul, um, they're getting the cream ale. And that, as I talked about earlier, just isn't something that's up my alley. So, um, so I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, it was just kind of a plane and it wasn't even like a very, they didn't have any kind of flavors in their IPAs or pale ales that kind of made me go like, this is different than anything I can get anywhere else. Um, Joe, Joe, before I rebuttal here. Talk about the tap room itself, like the atmosphere, yep. like a place to go and drink regardless of the beer. Right, so that, right, you know, right, they, right. they could still eventually sponsor us down the road, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Joe. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh, but no, and I, I was actually going to lean into that because uh, the most recent poll I saw uh, you, you post on Twitter, Scotty, was kind of about like what people look for and actually the, the most common answer was a school tap room and patio. Um, and that's actually the one that I voted for um, with regards to everything else that was there. But, uh, but I would say the tap room 
the patio, everything they had was actually quite outstanding. Um, the service they had and like what they're doing with COVID and, you know, in, in this world of COVID right now, it's actually kind of interesting to see how each brewery is doing it differently. Um, I think every place we went to had a different style of helping people socially distance and everything. Um, but Castle Dangers. So uh, I'm just, just going to butt in quick. That, that's really interesting. Can you give like a couple of examples? Cause I've, I've noticed that too, but I haven't really like examined it much, much, you know, I kind of just brush it off. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm here, I'm here to drink beer. I'm usually here with like a friend or two, but like just give a couple quick examples. Cause that, that's, that's uh, something that just caught my attention. Yeah, so, so some places that, um, that have, like, uh, more people working, like, won't even allow you to come to the bar. Oh, okay. uh, you're sitting there, and they're serving you. Um, everybody's outside. Um, what kind of made Castle Danger stick out a little bit? And it's probably it's because it's more of a popular brewery. I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, you walk in, and somebody's sitting at a table, um, and they're like, all right, how many of you? And you tell them, and they have a huge patio, huge outdoor setting that's actually really cool. Um, but uh, but they just kind of look, they're like, well, how long are you planning on being here? Um, we told them about half hour because there were some of other breweries on the trip that we needed to get to. But, um, but they just write on a card, they're like, all right, we'll give you until this time you sit at this table and they have numbers on the tables outside so they kind of give you a little bit of a uh you know a, a, just a time in which like all right you got to be out of here for the next people to come in and again i think it's because it's a little bit more of a popular brewery um you know some places are uh kind of full go as well it's like you know you got people sitting at the bar uh people coming in and out, um, everywhere is filled up, um, and they're not doing much. So it is kind of interesting to see what different breweries are doing uh, during the whole COVID uh, pandemic. Yeah, I found even like, especially with just like how you, they fill growlers, you know, every, there's always like a three-step process everywhere I found, but the process is always a little bit different. It's like some use, you know, obviously like flashing with some chemicals and then like a crazy rinse or some actually just like washing with the soap and water, because obviously that, that is what, you know, that's suggested, especially with this type of virus. No, that, that's super interesting. Um, okay. So, so not a fan of the Castle Danger beers, but the, uh, the experience overall is pretty nice. Uh, what, what else, uh, you know, in the, in the, the Duluth area, uh, can you highlight for the listeners? Well, and, and to save future sponsorships, like you mentioned, Isha, uh, Joe hit it on the head. Pale ales and IPAs just are not their jam. They have to have it because everyone has to have it. I went there almost a year ago now, and we're probably going to be going at the end of September again. Apparently my wife loves going to Duluth for the scenery and the beers. It's our anniversary trip. Um, like Joe said, great tap room, really cool environment. And I was a fan of their you know, other beers. They had a really good stout on tap, just very basic, not anything special to it. They had a maple Marzen. That was actually my favorite beer they had. Um, so if you're looking just for IPAs and pale ales, I'm with Joe. It's probably not the spot for you, but don't be deterred just because those aren't their specialty. Uh, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And before I hand things back over to Joe here, uh, Shane again, Van Nice on uh, the Facebook live says, um, you obviously haven't tried Guinness. If you think there's no such thing as a bad <laughs> beer again, Shane, for those who well, like this, for those who like uh, the heavier stuff, um, 
Guinness is the way to go. Okay. You know, I, I can imagine that you're not a Guinness fan. You know, you like your lucky extra, which is a little fucked if you ask me, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm just teasing you, Shane. Um, Joe, uh, you don't know what lucky is. It's, uh, it's better than Bud Light, but it's about the same price if you want to go like, <laughs> for how much it's uh, the value-wise of each. But anyways, uh, continue with, uh, with uh, some uh, breweries out in the Duluth area. Yeah, of course. And, and again, the big thing I do want people to understand is I, I tried the pale ale, the IPA there, and they had a summer ale that my girlfriend got that I, I tried. And um, again, I don't want to deter anybody from trying Castle Danger. I had a great time great brewery. Uh, we had great service too. Um, everything about it was great except for the, the tasting of the beer. Um, <laughs> That's a clip right there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, what I, what I do want to say is uh, because we did kind of turn this into a little bit of a, uh, you know, a whole trip mainly about brewery, uh, we actually started so from Hack and Pack, which is where the, the parent lake house is now. Uh, we drove all the way over to uh, Grand Marais, which is uh, two-ish hours north, uh, right up the shoreline from Duluth. Um, and we hit up Voyager Brewing. Voyager, um, it's got the, the patio. They have a rooftop patio. They have uh, the food and kitchen and uh, patio outside downstairs and everything. Um, the, the beer was pretty, just kind of average across the board. I don't think they really had anything that knocked my socks off, but they didn't have anything that I disliked, really. Um, but gosh, beer just, beer just tastes better sitting on their rooftop, looking out at Lake Superior and all of Grand Marais. I mean, it's, it's the same thing I say, you know, whenever I go to a friend's cabin or now the parent's cabin, whatever it is, like, by the lake, food tastes better, the beer tastes better. Um, and I think that's a great uh, thing that Voyager has up there is you can see them right across the street from the water. And when you're up on the rooftop, you can kind of see everything. Um, I know I've kind of been like slowly getting myself away from my phone, so I hope the audio is still okay. Um, but uh, the, the big thing that gave me um, as we came back down towards Duluth, we stayed in Duluth. Um, the, you know, we tried basically everything, but the one that I didn't get to try, and I'm really glad it didn't win that poll because I don't know how I would have told Straight of Hockey that uh, the one that won the poll, I wasn't going to get to visit. But uh, something I didn't even think of was, you know, we were there on a Monday and Tuesday, so we stayed there Monday night and then hung out a little bit on Tuesday. Ursa Minor wasn't even open at all. They aren't open on Monday or Tuesday. Um, so I didn't even get to try it. Um, State of Hoppy but, uh, repping I, the Ursa Minor, minor uh, hoodie I see. Hey, this, this was kind of the starting and the brainchild of the State of Hoppy logo. So. I was going to say, it's, it's a similar vibe going on there. Really cool one. And I, I will say, Ursa Minor is a must stop when you guys go. Really cool, fun thing for us. Like I said, we went last end of September last year for our first anniversary and they were celebrating their first anniversary that same weekend. Apparently they opened the weekend we got married. So they oh, gave no us way. a bunch of free stuff, like just told us all about the brewery. They had really good beers. And again, the logo is fantastic. It, um, dude, that could be, but, that, that could be a hockey crest. It's so, you know, clean. Oh, 
just so clean, but I really do really cool atmosphere. I mean, they've got little fire pits. If you're bringing someone along, that's maybe not as big of a beer fan. They'll give you marshmallows and stuff to go make s'mores to keep people busy. Nice. That's but, cool. Um, yeah. Like Joe said, it's a bummer because like a lot of breweries in Minnesota, Monday and Tuesday can be a day that they're not open, but, uh, Highly recommend if people have a chance and we'll give them a, a proper review at some point down the road here. Yeah. And we only got uh, like five more minutes left in this, in this segment, Joe, but by all means, if you want to jump on after our next guest, if you want to come back on the, the podcast to talk a little bit of hockey, you're more than welcome to. And if you want to continue to talk about uh, your trip on, on later episodes, cause I believe we're going back to two episodes a week. I mean, you're always uh, welcome in this segment. Uh, one thing I, I did want to just quickly run down was our, our poll question before we before we close out this segment um, entirely. But like I said, we have a few more minutes here. So, uh, like, what what else do you got for us in regards to your trip? Is there anything else to highlights? You don't have to like yeah, try to so, concisely bunch it all into the last five minutes here. Like I said, you're more right, than welcome to come right. back and just, just talk give about us your more. big dog, Joe. Um, yeah, no. So what what I'll say too is I like it has been my dream to come onto this podcast and hear you say, we got to have you come back sometime, man. That was so cool. So, God, we already got it, and I didn't even have to ask for it. I was ready, like, at the end to say, like, all right, are you guys going to say, like, we got to have you back on? So, Oh, shit, man. Oh, I'm man, saying, like, once it. we get into our last hockey segment of the show, I'll just shoot you the link yeah. again. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, so this is great. Maybe you'll um, find a computer in that time. Oh, God, I hope. Well, maybe mine will just be updated and ready to go. Here, yeah, I'll give a quick on-air <laughs> tip. I may even just edit this out. Maybe the next time you join us, just take the head. I think your mic is coming through your headphones, which it's fine. It's going to be okay. Okay. Um, but uh, but maybe maybe after if you rejoin us again, try it that way. Just just straight up through the phone and, and all. But but anyways, I don't want to take away from the last yeah. minutes of your segment yeah. here. I, no, I hear you. So thank you for the info. And, yeah, I'm not the greatest technologically uh, – advanced person a little, so, a little um, produ- anyway. producing on the fly it's what i do best yep that's awesome so um no what i will say is uh i i am a high school hockey coach in minnesota so i do love talking hockey so i'll spend some of my time here talking about the gear and would love to get with you guys to actually talk some hockey later on too but um but i will say so i i did post something and um before i kind of mention this i'll say that state of hockey kind of just he kind of just controls me. So like everything I like and try, it kind of comes from him. And it really always has. Um, I am not a Twitter person. Now I am because state of hockey is like, dude, you got to see this. You got to see this. You got to. And so it's just kind of, uh, you know, it's something that I'm kind of just slowly getting into now, but oh, give um, me your, my... give me your account and I'll get you a hundred followers by tomorrow, bud. <laughs> is that good? I don't see. I don't even know. I, but, um, Anyway, uh, what I will say is that my, my I, I kind of posted a poll on there and just kind of got people excited to hear that. Um, one of the breweries up in Duluth that I had no plans of going to, I, I didn't think that um, it would even be anything special, but it was just kind of like a Tuesday afternoon before we came back home, we uh, decided to actually uh, take a shot at going over the bridge to Superior, Wisconsin. Um, and we checked out, uh, it's like literally right across the bridge. You cross the bridge, take your first right. Um, and it's a brewery called Earthrider. Um, Earthrider had literally everything you could ask for. Um, so everything that we've talked about, they had 
absolutely delicious beer um, between ICAs, um, pale ales, lagers, light beer. Um, I think I tried their Colts, which was good. And actually what I'm drinking now, which you guys never kind of did the whole cool little, oh, hey, what are you drinking thing? Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of showing you now, I'm drinking out of a Castle Danger cup because uh, that was the, the brewery that won. Um, but I'm drinking from Earthrider, and I kind of got, got the can here too. It's the Earthrider. Um, it's a coffee pale ale. Um, and Interesting. Typically, I don't, I don't drink the coffee flavored drinks because they're usually stout, they're thicker, um, and they're just kind of, if, if they're golden or a pale ale like this, usually you just don't get enough coffee flavor to me, but it's the perfect mix of good, crisp, refreshing beer. You can kind of taste the coffee. It's not too much. It's not too little. Um, and so I would even say, I haven't been to Ursa Minor yet, but that might have been my favorite brewery up there. Um, close second was Bent Paddle. Great beer there. Um, but uh, but Earth Rider was probably my favorite. And also going along with kind of what we've talked about, their patio and outdoor setup is, you know, second to none. They have a huge stage out there. They kind of have two different buildings. They have a brewery where I think they do all the brewing and then like a tap house that um, just kind of combines to make this huge giant lot. And like I said, they have a stage out there. They have a ton of tables, um, games. Um, it was a really cool spot. Some really cool artwork there too with um, they have some cool big murals on the wall. So it was an awesome spot. And um, I could ramble on forever and I know how easy it is to kind of get going on rambling. So um, I'll just say if you're ever in the Duluth area, don't be afraid to go over the bridge and check out Earth Rider and Security. Amazing. Um, and you know what? You, you, you made up for whatever audio issues that, that, that we had a little bit with that production value, showing us the beer, showing us the can. You really... You, yeah. You know, you really ended strong there, Joe. So we really appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> awesome. um, you know, this was great having you on. Um, we'll get you back on soon, maybe even later in the show to talk some hockey if we have some time. Um, but again, I want to hear more about your this this trip because obviously it's it's way too much just to pack into one segment. And uh, I have some friends actually that I've made through you know working with the Hockey Podcast Network up in Duluth. So when I do my my grand old tour uh, out to the Midwest, I definitely wanna I want a little bit more info on that. So I appreciate your time, sir, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, thanks a bunch for having me, guys. The show is awesome, and I hope to talk to you guys soon. All right, thanks, Joe. Yep. Amazing stuff there. Uh, this, uh, well, the state of Hoppy's brother there, Joe, uh, the the beer expert in regards to, uh, to Duluth breweries. Uh, we had a little bit of audio issues. Everything came out clear enough. I'll work my magic uh, on the podcast. I honestly think, like I was saying, it was coming through his headphones. I'm pretty sure. So uh, if we bring him back yeah, on, I, for I told him like, hey, if you're on your phone, you should get a headset. And he took that as I'm gonna get my like over ear headphones that don't have a mic on them and 
Oh, well. That's okay. It's actually funny because right before we went live here uh, in the podcast recording, I always said, for the guests, as long as we can hear them, the quality doesn't matter. You go back to radio and it's like you got that crisp, perfect, you know, sound coming through the mic and from the the booth. (laughs) And then you got that absolute garbage phone call quality coming from someone in their car, you know, requesting a song or yelling at you. Uh, for your hockey take, or in our case, back in the day, doing stick and rink at the depths of hell of CHLY 101.7, usually someone high on drugs trying to get into the building. But stories for another day. Um, we'll wrap up, you know, the beer poll question at the end of the show as well, because right now I want to get in to talk a little bit about the, the NHL draft and we'll get into some of our sponsor reads uh, momentarily as well. We have another special guest here on the show. We have Andrew Hammond, one half of the Broadway Boys podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, transitioning to a little bit of draft talk, a little bit of hockey talk. We got our full share of beer talk, but I wanted to welcome Andrew Hammond. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, anytime. I believe uh, this is your first appearance here on the Soda Pod, eh? I believe that is correct, yeah. I mean, a few after hours, but no, this is my first time, uh, you know, on the Soda Pod. So I'm uh, weirdly more nervous than after hours, although, you know, I, vibe aside, you can probably tell why. So. We, we had a lot of liquid courage going on the after hours, but I'm not going to lie. I'm like a few of these in, so I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm in the exact same state, my friend. I'm just excited to talk about some hockey. It's a win-win for me because I wasn't necessarily a Minnesota Wild fan, though it was a lot of fun covering this team throughout this entire season and, uh, and the play-in series, but I'm a Vancouver Canucks guy at heart, so it was a win-win for me. I'm pumped that they're two, up 2-0 two against St. Louis Blues, so this is just a treat now talking about the rest of the league, but we wanted to bring you on here to talk a little bit about the National Hockey League draft. Obviously, the New York Rangers win the draft lottery. Um, and, well, I, let, let's talk about it. I already saw your banner there on the, the Broadway Boys podcast Twitter account where you got Alexi Lafreniere up there. Do you, uh, are, are, you like, are you high on this kid? Do you think that you know, they're going to draft another winger with the first overall pick? Well, let's talk a little bit about this. Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, uh, the banner, I can't take any credit for that. The second it happened, James... Uh, my wonderful co-host on the Broadway Boys pod went right went right to it, and he just uh, said, you know, yo, I just changed this. Like, so I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess uh, I maybe want to keep our Broadway Boys fans on the line a little, little bit, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, listen, the New York Rangers have uh, had one overall pick in their franchise history. It was 1965, and I don't even remember the gentleman's name. He never played a game in the NHL. Uh, you know, it's 1965, so who knows? Maybe he died of, uh, you know, polio or something. I don't know. But, uh, um, you know, I think that because there has been a lot of talk, Ottawa is a team that has multiple picks in the, in the first round. You know, the LA Kings, that they, because they have such a, a deep uh, farm system, that they might want to trade uh, the second overall pick plus some uh, good prospects, especially, you know, in that organization, Alex Turkhart, Arthur Kaliev, you know, take your pick. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I don't think the New York Rangers are going to look a gift horse in the mouth. You know, this is a young man who has uh, everything you could want in a player. He's got the, uh, obviously his, his work on the ice speaks for itself, two-time CHL player of the year. But he also has all those intangibles that I think uh, newer fans love and older fans. He's physical. He likes to hit, you know, not just he's not, not that he's willing to hit. He likes to throw hits. Uh, and, you know, he has very little weaknesses. He's 
probably about like maybe not elite in any one area, maybe save hockey sense, but he's above average to very good in almost all areas. So he's not deficient. He's, you know, got size, he's got the skating, he's got uh, great hands and his vision is tremendous. So, I mean, I just, you know, I personally, I do think uh, there's a good chance Quinton Byfield could be a very good player in the National Hockey League, but yeah, I don't know how you do, don't take a sure thing in Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, and any team that takes him is drafting probably their future captain. So I don't think the New York Rangers galaxy brain is, at least I hope they don't. I think they end up selecting him. And man, he, can, he just changes a lot of things uh, for it, this team moving forward. That's such a cool point. They're saying the team who drafts him is going to draft their next captain because that's the type of player he is. And you said two-time CHL player back-to-back. The only other time that's yep, happened, I, I believe, is Sidney Crosby. Um, yeah, so that really well, says something. And, and we're talking CHL wide because if you told me it was the Q player who won back to back, I'd just roll my <laughs> eyes and be like, listen, if yeah. we're not talking about the Western Hockey League, you know, don't even, <laughs> don't even come to <laughs> knocking, but I'm just kidding there. Um, before you know, hand, I'll hand uh, things over to say to Hoppy to ask a couple questions, but what was your reaction to it? I know we had our Slack chat going, you know, I'm usually not super involved in the group chat. I let you guys kind of converse and network, but I wanted to hop in on the fun there. And, uh, I was, you know, obviously rooting for the wild there. You, you know, you and I was some cheeky comments going back. Well, mostly just me actually just ripping on you guys a little bit and you ended up winning, you know, your team winning the first like So, so how, you know, just describe your reaction because as a Vancouver Canucks fan, we obviously never get that as a Minnesota wild fan state of hoppy, you know, they never get that shit. Minnesota wild. They didn't even, they, I don't even think they've ever had a Calder nominee, but anyways, explain your reaction to, to, to getting that first overall pick and winning the lottery. Oh man. So I mean, I figured the Rangers had their luck last year because I feel like they were a team that not only would, would they ever get lucky just for with the way they've been trying to keep that window open for so long, just trading away first-round picks, it just never was a possibility. And like I said, even going back to uh, when they won the Stanley Cup last time in 1994, that was maybe the last time they had an elite homegrown talent in Brian Leach because in subsequent years, it was always – you know, the, the, the knock on them was they would always get the, the superstar, but who, when he was 34, 35, you know, right. even Messier, as good as he was, he was still, you know, he had won four cups with the Oilers. So it's, it just, there, there was this, I don't know if it was a, a just a mantra of like, we're, you know, we, they bring the guy in after he's already done, but they don't develop their own talent. So I just didn't know what it was like to have a, a young superstar. And then obviously last year they get lucky with the and they, they dropped down, I think eight slots. So going into this, I was like the fact that they were even in this position to begin with, I, you know, be every, it was just so strange anyway, but I figured, you know what, they're not getting lucky two years in a row. I honestly was just, I was more, hoping it didn't come up with teams I didn't want to see win it, i.e. the Penguins, um, you know, Edmonton. Uh, I was hoping it would be one of uh, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, obviously, and uh, Nashville. Honest, and, it, you know, maybe Florida. You know, they have, they have Barkov and Huberdu. They have some elite you, forward You talent. don't want to do that to him, man. <laughs> well, and Florida's already got a first overall pick. Let's, you know, just throw, oh, they've already had true. one. So it was really, I really, at the end of the day, I was hope I was just hoping it wasn't one of Toronto, Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, fair enough. You know, uh, but when, you know, so I couldn't even watch. I was on the, the couch with my wife and then I was just kind of wincing because I knew I was just preparing for the worst. And then, you know, they obviously, he shows the range, they're confirming all the ping pong balls. They show the Rangers ball and then he immediately accidentally drops it and goes like, any so <laughs> I, then i think two things i'm like one this is the worst 
if that's not foreboding, I don't know what is, but two, I'm like, <laughs> if they do somehow win that people are going to think the fix is in. And I knew this immediately. Yep. So it turned out to be a prescient thought, but when it finally comes up through the little, you know, the little machine uh, and I saw it was turned sideways, but I saw just enough blue, red and white. And I, I dove off my couch, like a dog getting startled, jumping off his couch and onto the floor, like Superman style, just staring. I cracked my bottom, of my chin. <laughs> And I started losing my mind. My wife is laughing at me. She's pointing. She's she's like kind of flummoxed. She's like she's entertained, but she's also kind of just like, what? like you know, because I've only acted this outlandish. And last time it was last year, and I think I was even more animated than than last year. I just couldn't believe it, man. And I immediately called James, and he couldn't watch. James couldn't watch, so he's like, Andy, he's like, I'm like, I'll call you, and I'll let you know what happens. He's like, just break it to me softly. So I had to call him and I think he was having dinner with his wife somewhere or they were doing an errand and I'm like, yeah. this is a bad time. And he goes, he goes, no, Andy, what happened? And I'm like, they fucking did it. And I went crazy and I heard him <laughs> screaming and he's, I just imagined, cause he was with his uh, fiance. So I only imagine they're like maybe in a target shopping, like a parking lot, pushing a cart and he's like going nuts and I'm going nuts on the phone and our, our wives and partners are just laughing at us. But Oh man, it was, and then the last week has just been, you know, I forget every now and then and I remember and I'm happy again. So it's, it's been a wild, man. Oh, that's awesome, man. State Hoppy, uh, what, what do you got for Andy here in regards to the draft? I mean, you recapped almost the entire moment for you, which is great, but we've had you on for nine minutes and you haven't thanked the Minnesota wild yet. <laughs> well, I, uh, I guess, you know, I, I mean, I know Zach was giving it to me a little bit for our, our friends at uh, Siren Sounders because, you know, obviously the, if the Hurricanes, uh, I guess the Rangers in a weird way, you know, for getting embarrassed by them in the play and owe them uh, some thanks. But, yeah, I, I, su I suppose the New York Rangers do owe the Minnesota Wild a, and the state of Minnesota and the Soda Pot uh, some thanks as well. So, listen, I will, I will thank I, I think you're I think you're missing the point here, Andy. Did you not see I, the replay where the, the Minnesota Wild ball knocked the Toronto Maple Leafs ball out no, of there? You, so when I saw the replay, I only saw a clip where it was just the Toronto ball and it ricocheted back. I did not see that a third oh. ball came and hit it. What, and no, it was and a it, Minnesota Of course. Wow, I mean, who else would it have been? It's of course gonna be Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, I'll take I will, will fall on that grenade 10 out of 10 times to take Toronto. Out exactly. They're like, we're not going to win it. Toronto can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, Minnesota's like, we may lack elite offense, but we, God damn it, our defense is amazing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, honestly, if, if Toronto had got that ball had gotten sucked up, just, you know, especially. I think it would have been funny considering the narrative around the Leafs has been like, you have all these superstar forwards and we can't, we're not tough enough. What, you know? So, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad, you know, that don't even have to live in that reality. The, this reality is fine for me. Thanks. Perfect. Well, no, I, I think we're all in agreement that Lafreniere is the gimme first pick. Yeah. I know. You I don't know. I, I don't know. Let's trade down. But... I don't know. I'm going to jump in here in a bit too. Cause I don't think he's, you know, the <laughs> gimme. All right. Well, we can debate that, but. <laughs> I know you're not likely trading down, but if yeah. Ottawa's dumb enough to trade you three and five for the one, you're taking it, right? Uh, honestly, for me, the only team who could, you know, every team has a price. I, if LA, if I could guarantee that Quinton Byfield would be there at three, you know, I Sounds think. Sounds likely. Yeah. 
I mean, if I could guarantee that LA was picking Stutzla at two, I would, I would have to think long and hard about it because I am, I'm, I'm a draft enthusiast, prospect enthusiast. And, you know, I, it wouldn't be surprising to me if by the time in years when down the line when the dust clears, if, if Quinton Byfield isn't the best player, just because, you know, he has, he's, a, he's one of the younger players in the draft. Uh, you know, he's put up amazing numbers this year. He will most likely return uh, to the CHL next year and probably just dominate. Sudbury is a, it was a tire fire of a team, but he was still flourished. And you just look at the, the physical package, you know, he's got the vision, he's got the hands, he's got the skating, you know, and he's got the size. He hasn't probably learned how to use his size, but he's, and he's still growing. So Jesus Christ, if he, if he puts it together, I don't, it, you know, he, he, be, he well, might as well be the best player in the draft. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be a top is, center if he puts it all together. Right. Yeah, that, be, that's yeah, the thing. You know, he'll, you know, he's got Malkin esque upside and, but, you know, at the same time, I guess the problem is that we have proof of concept with Lafreniere and we know he can elevate his game. And yeah, is it enough? Do you because, you know, I think the other problem is that it's a it's a risk. You know, I, I look at the teams that maybe bucked taking the almost not that it was a surefire, but, you know, I remember when the devil selecting he over Nolan Patrick was a little like, oh, man, but it ended up working out for them. But if you are the GM who passes on Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield, even if he becomes like a good, you know, almost first line forward, but not an elite player, then, you know, that's almost career suicide. But everyone's got a price. So, I mean, if, if uh, LA and Ottawa want to make it interesting, because obviously both of, the, both of those teams have very deep uh, prospect pools. So if they want to sweeten those picks, you know, with either, um, I do know from the little inside things that I know, I do know the Rangers actually, prefer players that can come in to help them sooner rather than later. So I, I know they're happy about winning this, but I, you know, over the summer, I think we'll see some trades to address some areas and some weaknesses that we saw for the plan. And it'll most likely be in players that are either already in the league or on the, on the cusp of breaking in. Well, based on what you just said that this may be moot, but I, I kind of want to take it one step further than what the state of sure. Hoppy suggests in saying that, like, what if, what if they trade with LA for the second and, you know, L.A. goes for Lafreniere. They get a sweetener in, like, a legit prospect, you know, you, and you guys, and then you get to address that center depth. Because let's be honest, Zabinijad is an unbelievable center. But then after that, you got Stroman going down the pipeline. I mean, I, again, I'm, not, I'm no expert when it comes to New York Rangers, but just from what I've seen, it's, it's not super strong. And if you have a chance for this guy, even a, if he's a solid, if his, put it this way, if Byfield's base, or, uh, uh, floor is a second-line center, that I think is something to at least entertain, especially when you have the likes of up and coming wingers. Now, again, you just said it there. The Rangers prefer players. And I'd argue that any organization drafting prefers a player who can come in and, and automatically be dominant without a huge learning curve. Because I mean, you look at the devils, Jack Hughes clearly had a learning curve. He arguably wasn't ready for the big show despite the pieces around him. Um, but do you think that's a possibility? Cause I was listening to JD Burke of elite prospects who he's, He's dialed in and actually has a podcast now with Craig Button of TSN. Dialed into the prospect beat, and he says that realistically, Byfield, you know, he's a, a whole year younger than Lafreniere already. What if next year he comes out and absolutely dominates? And if you compare, you know, the same, you know, you know, draft years, for example, you know, Lafreniere's draft plus one year and the same with Byfield, then perhaps they come out, you know, evenly from, uh, from, from that side of analysis. But anyways, I just wanted to hear your, your point of view on that just from your, your personal thoughts. Yeah. You know, so I definitely think that's a very a good point. Um, and like I said up top, I really, 
I really do love uh, Quinton Byfield as a prospect. You know, some people, there's some, uh, apparently there's some organizations and also some uh, prognosticators that have him ranked like fifth because they, there's things about uh, his game they don't like because maybe it's a consistency or engagement or the fact that maybe they just don't like the fact that he is so physically imposing and he doesn't use it more, but Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, he's, he's, he is much younger and those, those, uh, you know, those eight to nine months of development are huge. And, you know, if you look at everyone was on him because he's in Lafreniere, you know, Lafreniere won uh, at most valuable player at the world juniors this uh, year. And he was tremendous. But if you remember last world juniors, the year before when he was roughly the age that Quinton Byfield was playing in this world juniors, where he was relatively quiet, you know, Lafreniere didn't have the best world junior. So he got, he was, I think he was called out by uh, Tim Hunter, you know, for playing more of a junior S game a little bit, you know, maybe flying the zone a little too much lack of structure. So, you know, these things are important and, you know, context is always important. I, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, like I said, as, as uh, much as I love Quinton Byfield, it's just when you have proof of concept, it's just, and it's first overall, you know, first overall is it's hard to pick because you, you don't get that benefit almost. You know what I mean? Like last year when the Rangers were picking second, it's the easiest pick to make because you just take who doesn't go first. And like right. no one's going to question you on it. But, you know, I guess it, you have to roll the dice. Uh, they select him and Byfield looks amazing. Well, maybe you have that, uh, you know, next season he returns to CHL and he dominates and, he, you know, he's always a center. You know, but at, at the end of the day, I just think it's too much of a risk. You know, Lafreniere, like I said, proof of concept. And also, I, I feel like the way hockey is moving anyway, for my own taste, that, you know, I think some of the really good teams are almost playing positionless hockey, especially the way the Canes flat out dominated. It didn't matter who was in on the forecheck first, whether it was a, a D-man was closest to the puck or F1 or F3, doesn't matter. Uh, so I just think as long as you have, one, you know, someone on each line that can you know, whether it's, I've watched Panarin control play from the wing plenty. So that's fine for me as, so, you know, maybe they, they don't have to get an elite center. Uh, you know, I think not, not, not to wrestle any other cages, but I think, you know, much in the way that, uh, you know, the Blackhawks had a dynasty with two elite wingers and Kane and Hosa and then good supporting cast and Taze, who is an excellent defensive center, but at the same time, is he, is that a one, is he defensive one C or is he, is he an elite defensive two C? So, you know, I don't know, but, I just I look at it that way. I think unfortunately, the Rangers can't be the team that just doesn't pass up on this kid. You know, especially the intangibles and, and the pedigree that he's got baked into him. No, fair enough. And I mean, this is something that Dave Hoppy brings up in regards to the Wild roster as well. With this plethora now of young, um, legit wing prospects, you could always package them in a deal to get to address a position of need, right? And that's kind yeah. of where the Wild are right now. If they end up drafting even if they end up drafting a winger at nine, you know, there's now so many options to address center and packaging up a young, a younger winger, a prospect with a defender, you know, if they have to make that move. Um, before we close out here, State of Hobby, because I know it's, it's laid out on the East Coast there, uh, Andrew, and we appreciate you joining us here on the live stream and uh, episode 75 of the SodaPod. Uh, do you got anything else uh, that you want to address here, Hoppy? I mean, it depends on how much time we have here. I mean, we got like, we got five minutes. We got five minutes. All right. Talk, talk goalie to me. What's happening here? And do you think Ooh. it's realistic that Hank is actually willing to be traded somewhere versus you having to buy him out? Yeah. Yeah, man. So there's a lot of smoke now about what's going to happen. Uh, you know, John Davidson has said that the Rangers will only carry two goaltenders next year. So the three headed goalie thing is done. Um, there's a lot of talk in, about Lundqvist possibly retiring and joining his brother uh, over season playing in his final season in the SHL. Um, you know, feel, win a championship there for a stacked for London team, feel good story. 
unfortunately, I think that that seems a little bit too storybook because a, you know, the Rangers are miraculously saved from the final year of his cap hit, you know, uh, they deify him enough. So, I mean, that would probably to save him from that, uh, you know, the organization from that cap hit for the last season would obviously be amazing, but I just don't, he's a prideful guy. I don't see it. I do know that the Rangers have been listening on Georgiev and maybe in the past they've wanted to, uh, try to roll this this excellent young tandem of uh, Shesterkin and Georgiev going forward. But at the same time, I think if a team much like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who Freddie Anderson, I don't know if he's, you know, at his age and his maybe his, his most recent performance, you know, maybe they look at a kid like Georgiev, who I think every time they, almost every time they played, he's played lights out and stoned them. You know, maybe they offer something that you can't ignore and then you move on from him. And then you are stuck with Lundqvist for the last year of his cap hit, but you know, it, you'll figure out who Shesterkin's backup is down the line. So, and, you know, you, you get that final storybook, the student, you know, the, the young apprentice takes over and the, you know, the, the master becomes the, the backup, you know, uh, and, but I really, honestly, if I wish I had better insight than that, but I really don't know what he does. Cause I just know he's, if everyone talks about him playing for somewhere else, but I just feel like at this point it would have happened. Like, you know, I don't know why you go through, sit on the bench all season last year, you know, knowing what he knows. And, you know, he's, by all accounts, he was very gracious about it and he didn't really try to push. There was no external or internal pressure behind the curtain. So, you know, I just don't see why you do that. If sit, sit for an entire season, if that's what you were just going to in the final year, then just jump to a team. So who knows? I don't, I honestly don't, I can't, I'm not in Lundquist's head. I don't know what he's going to do, but I, if, if I had to put my money, I could see him retiring on his own terms as opposed to, because I think he's a prideful guy. I think he would almost rather just be a career ranger and leave it at that. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a, an Olympic gold medal. Uh, he's got some world championships. He's got a Vesna. He doesn't have a cup, which I, you know, obviously is a whole other podcast and is unfortunate, but we'll have you on for an entire segment for that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, so Andy, here's, Andy. here's a big thing then that, sure. that you sh- can probably answer really quick for me, but what's just Jurgen's status as far as Seattle's concerned? Does he need to be protected or no? No, actually, the range, so uh, I think he does not require protection, which is good. You know, the Rangers signed Jean-Francois Berube, I think, just for la- early last season, just to expose in the upcoming uh, expansion draft because everyone's like, you know, at first, like, look, they have so many goaltenders. Why would they do Oh, that's why. And they kind of realized it. So that makes sense. I was just yeah. going to say, like, if, you know, he was someone that would have to be exposed versus, you know, being automatically protected like that, that's a reason to trade Yorgiev because he's going to get exposed anyway. But exactly. that's not a point anymore, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I think with the, uh, I think with now what we know with the cap's going to be relatively flat, I do think teams are going to be more willing to, whereas they maybe wanted to keep guys just where in the past they felt, oh, we can keep them, figure it out later. I think they're going to be forced to make hard. You're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, you know, UFAs and RF, even RFAs not get qualified just because, you know, even the past, like, ah, oh, we'll qualify them. We'll figure out later. Maybe we're a little too, I don't, I don't think there's that much certainty. So yeah, I think it'll be yeah. surprising. So I think, and I think if there's deals to be done, I do think, I think it's gonna be a fascinating summer after the, after the playoffs conclude. But uh, yeah, I do. I think, you know, Shesterkin for all intents and purposes doesn't have to be protected. So I assume uh, Barube is who the Rangers expose for the expansion draft. Cool. Um, last thing here for me, and it's interesting you mentioned uh, the possibility of maybe uh, Henrik Lundqvist going back or going and playing for, for London, Sweden. I just checked, and 
Um, his brother Joel is actually still playing there as still well. Captain, uh, yeah. yeah, the captain still putting up decent numbers at the you know age of thirty eight, much like his twin brother. Are they twins actually? Am, they, am are I twins. they are. Okay, I was gonna say. I was like, they they have to be. They're they're literally identical. Although <laughs> Joel looks a little bit more rugged. You can tell which one actually played as a you know as like as a player versus a, a goaltender. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As far as just like taking uh, damage out there on the ice, he's definitely yeah. got the more rugged look for sure. But that's a very interesting uh, note that I didn't even cross my mind because I would have thought he retires in the NHL, be it with the Rangers or not. I personally think that it's with the Rangers as well. And the one you know thing that you just said there, if he does retire on his own terms as a career Ranger, I truly think that other than maybe, maybe up against Roberto Luongo, probably one of the best goalies of all time to not have a Stanley Cup. And that could be a conversation for another day, but that's truly, you know, I put those two, you know, neck and neck. And exactly. I agree. And, and conversation for today, that has to probably be the, greatest Swedish twins we've ever seen in hockey. Oh, shut the fuck up. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Don't oh, even man. get me started. <laughs> definitely definitely the best looking, you know. Uh, okay, I'll give you I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um not to say that Dan, Danny and Hank aren't good looking good looking chaps. No, they're beauties, everyone. Cuz they are, but uh they they don't got that twinkle in their eye like Hank does. No, he's still a, he's still a handsome bastard. It still still blows my mind. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. Well, we're out of time in this segment again. I want to bring you back on uh, soon, especially throughout these, uh, these, well, I guess there's only one more month of summer here, but you know, September's coming, coming quick. And obviously with the draft and then free agency, there's going to be plenty of uh, hockey stuff to dive into, especially with the Rangers. But, uh, but until then, where can uh, all of our listeners find you guys, uh, you know, within the network? And I know you are also a contributor for the morning skate. You said you're a draft aficionado or whatever. No, no, you're, 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 uh, you're, I, you're I an expert, my friend. Because- you're an expert, my no, friend, so don't no, no, sell no. yourself I just, short. I... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. Like I said, both James and myself uh, write for uh, The Morning Skate. So you can find it at morning-skate.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, episodes every Monday here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, if, you know, if you're not watching this live uh, tomorrow morning, if you're, or if you are watching this live tomorrow morning, you can hear James and I just saying i can't believe it back and forth like a bunch of babbling <laughs> children as we unpack the excitement of winning uh the draft lottery so yeah i mean man excited it's like i said exciting times guys thank you so much for having me on and yeah looking forward to talking uh, some more hockey as the summer uh, plays out awesome man yeah th- thanks again and uh, I'll, I'll see you on the next after hours hopefully but we'll bring you on this the soda pot again very soon uh, appreciate it andy sounds good guys thank you thanks man hey there have you ever thought to yourself I really like hockey, and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life. And questionable opinions. Ha! I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group, okay, that will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay, walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, put the phone down. Get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go Canes! Thank you.
and that was Andy Hammond, um, one half of the Broadway Boys podcast. You know, I, I thought we were going to shut it down, uh, Hoppy, around uh, well, again, 7 Pacific, um, 9 o'clock uh, uh, Central Time there. We'll go for another 15 minutes or so because this is a Minnesota Wild-based podcast. And to be honest, we haven't really talked Minnesota hockey at all. Um, but if you're listening back to the podcast, before we do that, I quickly want to throw it to our featured guest, on the show and i'll let the state of hoppy quickly uh give that introduction before you throw it to them then we'll close out with some minnesota wild talk and general nhl uh uh, news and notes yeah we had a good conversation earlier today with dustin aka dookie hogue um a guy that i just kind of happened to become acquainted with uh this summer did a couple of uh, what they called expert drafts where there'd be a different fantasy analyst who uh was placed in different leagues that you drafted for charity. It was like a $10 league and uh, winner gets 50 bucks and the rest goes to charity. Um, and he actually has a league called the beer traders league. It's 36 teams and uh, top third of the league comes out with beer from all over the country. And apparently I'm the first one that they've brought in from Minnesota. So excited to jump in with that. Uh, but great conversation with Dustin and, um, you know, all of you, as you listen, uh, definitely follow him and, you know, prep for your fantasy drafts. I'm sure most of the Minnesotans probably have coming up here. And I hope I'm the first one uh, from Canada down the road. So again, thanks, <laughs> Dustin, and we'll throw it your way. Pleased to have here with us today, Dustin Dookie Hogue who is the co-founder of the Beer Traders Fantasy Football League, as well as a contributor to FakePigskin.com for fantasy writing. Uh, Dustin, I know we don't you know, have a whole lot of familiarity with each other here. I know we kind of just bumped across each other doing some of those charity drafts a couple months ago. Uh, why don't you fill everyone else in on kind of what you've been doing and how you got into, well, not just being a craft beer aficionado apparently, but how you got into the you know, whole fantasy football world. Um, I think, uh, I got into fantasy probably like 2006. Uh, my buddy had a HD TV that I, it's the first time I watched a game on HD and I was like, Whoa, this is pretty awesome. And, uh, I just got really into football and he was playing in a fantasy league and uh, I was just intrigued by it. Cause I, I was a poker player too. So I just got pretty interested in that. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what got me interested in fantasy. So where, where are you from, Dustin, uh, first of all, to let our listeners know? Uh, I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. That's where I live currently, too. Okay. And, I mean, I'm just going to dive yeah. right, right into just uh, – so, so what's the beer scene lo- like out there? Because state, the state of Hoppy here, he's all the way from, you know, Minnesota. I'm from Canada all the way on the west coast of British Columbia. And what we've actually found is that both his state and my province are, you know – Arguably, arguably some of the best spots, prime destinations uh, for craft beers. So just, just right off the, right off the hop, um, you know, what, what's it like around your neck of the woods? Nice pun. Um, it's, it's pretty good, actually. I think it's gotten better over the last few years. Uh, my favorite brewery is The Vale. They just opened a second location in Norfolk. I used to have to drive to Richmond to get their stuff. Um, that's what I'm drinking right now, actually. Um, but there's, there's a lot of great little breweries popping up around here. Uh, Richmond's really the hub for Virginia, but Norfolk's got some good stuff coming up too. Well, tell us about what you are drinking right now then. 
So I'm drinking um, Good Morning Anxiety, which is a... <laughs> I like uh, that. I like that. It's a double IPA with uh, milk sugar. Ooh, that, that sounds right up your alley, Hoppy. It's not far off, man. Yeah, and what I about love you guys? the creative names. Yeah, what do you got going, Hoppy? Another one from my friends at Junkyard. It's actually just one of their experimental IPAs. They release them every so often and just kind of don't really name it because they just kind of mess around. And if one does hit and people like it a lot, something that they'll can and come up with a name for later on. So do they have like a generic um, like branding for, for that, for that beer that comes out? Or they just kind of just like change, change it up every time. Yeah. They, the, the branding for it, essentially that they, they'll just have a different hop on there and it's oh, okay. just like a different coloring scheme. Like this one, it's just, again, weird colors, hop, and it just says experimental IPA. And then my understanding is that they just take that. If people love it and it gets good reviews, they can it and call it something else later. That's sweet. That's awesome. Um, I'm drinking a, uh, another yellow dog state of hop. You're saying, was that all you've been drinking lately? Well, lately it has been actually, it's from, uh, a brewery in Port Moody, British Columbia out here on the West coast. And this one's actually a seasonal. It's got the seasonal stamp on it. Um, I, I love the branding always super simple, you know, one strong color with the yellow dog and some yellow, uh, features on it. This one's a hazy pale ale. I love hazy nice. IPAs and I love pale ales. So this is the best of both worlds. Um, a 25, uh, IBU and 5.2%. Um, the color of it is beautiful. It's like such a creamy gold. And, uh, I was super impressed cause this obviously it's seasonal. It's, it's brand spanking new. And I went to the, the liquor store after a bike ride just to pick up, um, the, the other hazy IPA that I was familiar with the high five IPA. And I saw this on the shelf and I was like, Oh, holy shit. I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta try one of these. And they only came in six pack or uh, four packs. And I was like, well, let's roll the dice. If it's good, it's good. And I was like blown away. So I can't wait to go get some more before, uh, maybe even before our, our podcast that we do later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, cheers boys again. Uh, yeah, off to cheers. a good night. I, I don't know if you know this Dustin, but Sundays that that's our, like, that's our night with the state of hoppy. And I, you know, after we do some interviews and whatnot, we just go, we go hard on the hockey talk after. So this is the first of many beers tonight, boys. So thanks again, <laughs> yeah. Dustin. Yeah. Thanks well, for tell us me. too, Dustin, we, uh, we're pretty big into some of the you know uniquely flavored porters and stouts, uh, particularly yeah. the peanut butter variety. But I saw the one you posted in the group chat today for the the football league, the the blueberry grumble. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, oh, cool. that's from uh, it's it's um, it's a stout with blueberry, cinnamon stick, and chocolate. It and it's from a brewery in Austin, Texas, called Ingenious, and they do a lot of adjunct stouts and IPAs and sours. And um, I was able to get that in like a, a, a package uh, recently. So that was pretty cool. It's the first one I've had from them. You but yeah, think, I'm, I'm you, sorry, oh, but you, th you think blueberry and you think like, you know, something lighter and fruity, right? You don't think of it in a stout. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it smells like, like a, a blueberry pie. It's oh, pretty man. cool. I'm just well, picturing that now. We're, we're kind of deprived here in Minnesota. I don't know if you're familiar, Dustin, but the, the liquor laws are just so outdated and outlandish here between you know, junkyard. One of my favorite breweries out here, they can't really do a whole lot on site anymore because they're like hitting their capacities for what you can sell from your tap room because of mm -hmm. whatever laws that they have in place. I know castle danger who we're also going to be talking about. We probably already did, I guess, depending on when we slot this in, like they can't do any to go beer because they've already hit their max for the calendar year on what they're allowed to do. 
it's pretty ridiculous and we can't do any shipping. Like I can't do any of the different apps where, you know, I have different beers shipped in. So you're kind of in a different spot than me where you can get some of that stuff from Texas. Really? I didn't even know that. I didn't know Minnesota oh, you can get restrictions on shipping in. That's crazy. Like even in yeah. Canada, we have looser laws than that. <laughs> well, also to be in quarantine and then have that as well. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Give me my beer. Losing. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. But so do you, do you do a lot of, traveling and going on site to breweries out of state or do you do a lot more of just ordering them in and trying the sampler boxes um i do a lot of uh beer trading so i've got a couple buddies that send me beer regularly just randomly will send me something and then i'll send them something um but i did take a pretty cool trip up to uh boston a couple years ago and i got to go to to the original treehouse brewery uh in monson oh cool and that was pretty legendary i I was waiting outside in the freezing like winter uh and then you go into the tap room and they it's almost like a cafeteria where they just take your ticket give you your beer get the hell out um so i got to go there at trillium and just just going up there um other than that i go up to richmond quite a bit but um yeah beer trading is really cool like i i'm really you meet so many cool people and uh it's cool to have the fantasy league that uh incorporates that yeah, and we're going to dive into that in a minute here, but that that's one of the reasons uh, as soon as you posted that there were openings, I was just hounding you. I'm like, hey, I'm in, I'm in, let me in. How do I do this? But um, yeah. excited to be a part of it here, whether or not we have a season is yet to be seen, but uh, still excited yeah. to be in for future years. Hey, boys, boys, the CFL season is going to go on in Winnipeg. I'm just <laughs> saying, Dustin, if you, want to, if, you want, if you need someone to start that, I'm your man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I, I got to ask then, I mean, I'm always curious, did Treehouse and Trillium stack up? Because those are two of the big ones on my list to get out to at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, for sure. I've had Treehouse since they, they've they uh, changed to the, to the new site. And I'm, it's not as good, um, but it's still good stuff. But Trillium is probably one of my top three favorite breweries. Why, why do you think that is when, when places change site where you can actually like, notice the difference? Because I've experienced that too when um, – smaller breweries out here have actually expanded some have even gone to like i live on vancouver island and sometimes to expand obviously some companies will go to the mainland and get a bigger operation going there and you can you can honestly taste and notice the difference but, but why do you think that is overall if you know the gear is even better in some cases and the recipe remains the same i'm just curious because like just me thinking about it so logically it's like it shouldn't change at all but like I, again i'm no expert when it comes to craft beer um i i would think that having a bigger system would change everything anyway just it, 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 you're just brewing on a whole different level so so i guess if you don't just, if you don't make those minor adjustments it could throw a lot throw a lot off yeah um it's just like when you have a uh like a collab beer from another brewery and they're brewing on a different system it doesn't taste quite the same it's just a, a learning curve i guess no fair enough fair enough just something yeah it just hit me right away i'm like if they're expanding usually means like they're upgrading the gear but i guess if you you're right you're totally right in that sense if you don't take into account especially if you have you know bigger bigger yeah bigger tools or whatnot then it's going to affect you know the process overall and selfishly i gotta ask have you either heard anything or done any beer trading or been out to minnesota and had any of our beer um not really no but that's why we have you in the league <laughs> am i the only one from minnesota 
I think so. Yeah. So okay. our our so last year we had 24 teams in the league, and then we decided to expand to 36, and we're trying to get you know people from all over, and yeah. So we've we've got we've done pretty good. Well, give me give me a lay of the land then. Like, what states are covered throughout the league? Um, yeah, you're gonna have to give me one second on that. <laughs> um, sure, and and got... while you're looking, Dustin, maybe you just want to dive in and let everyone know what is the Beer Traders League all about and how did it even get started. Um, so the Beer Traders League was just uh, a league. I, I just put out on Twitter that I wanted to start uh, like a beer traders league. Like, um, and we've really got a good mix of like beer traders and fantasy nerds. So like we got really good traders and really like savvy uh, fantasy football guys. Um, we started about like four years ago and uh, we were playing on an ESPN league for a while. And then last year we switched to my fantasy league and got this crazy scoring settings, uh, you know, no kickers or defense and, Thank bonus God. points for yeah <laughs> bonus points for tight ends and all that kind of stuff um but yeah we've got all over the east coast west coast um new york california oregon pennsylvania texas virginia you know um illinois seattle M- missouri yeah just all over um justin edwards made a cool map and i'm sure he'll do it again this year with uh once we like solidify who's in the league and you can kind of see where each person is and what beer they have to offer if they lose very nice pretty cool well explain that dynamic so the amount of teams that are in it, how the divisions work how the beer trading aspect actually plays in yeah so um gary and i figured it uh i think it's like a third of the league will win beer and you know, our mentality is not to win the most beer. It's to have the most, like, camaraderie and, like, sharing beer and that whole, you know, that whole idea, I guess. Um, yeah, it's 36 teams. And, like I said, a third of the, te- a third of the league will, will win beer. Um, and basically the winners decide which beer they want to receive. So do they choose basically, basically from, like – you said like a lot of camaraderie people like talking about beers that they, that they, uh, that they like and whatnot and maybe want to share, or is there like a list of like, these are the beers that you can choose from? Um, well, before, um, we have anyone in the league, they basically fill out a, uh, like a Google form and we see what beers they have to offer. And oh, okay, okay. That, that, that's kind of gives everyone the idea of like, Hey, you know, this guy can get these beers from here or, you know, anything like that. So State of Hoppy, what did you put up? The peanut I honestly butters. just threw down some of the top guys. I said Dangerous Man, Surly. Um, gosh, you put the I peanut think... butter one up there, I'm guessing? Well, of course. There you go. But there I mean, I, honestly, it's just funny because, like, there's just so many in the condensed Twin Cities area that it's like, if there's just a style of beer you like, I'll find it. You just got to tell me what your flavor is, and I'll find you the best one. Honestly, that's like Vancouver Island too. So I don't know what I don't know what I would put if I had to pick like uh, like three. That's why it was weird. It was like, yeah, well, give us your top couple breweries that you have access to. I'm like, I don't know which ones you guys know or care about. <laughs> I'm not shooting myself in the foot here. <laughs> oh man. Well, so tell me then, like getting to the top third of the league because either way, I, I hope to be trading beers with people freehand. But yeah, I want to win sure. some beers. So 
Talk yeah. me through it. Like, what do I need to know being in this for my first year? Like, is this a league since it's got super flex? Are quarterbacks going to just go off the board right away? Do people go crazy on tight ends with that premium? Like, what do I just need to be ready for going into the draft? I don't need any, you know, expert picks on which players to go for. I can handle that poorly enough on my own. Um, just kind of how the, the rhythm and rhyme goes to the draft. So the league is going to be uh, comprised of three different divisions. Um, so there's going to be basically three drafts happening at once, three 12-team drafts. Um, there are bonus points for uh, like uh, yardage uh, achievements for quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers and tight ends. So I, my idea this year is to kind of approach it like I would like a DraftKings small single entry tournament kind of thing where I'm just kind of okay. swinging for the fences a little bit um, and just playing the matchups each week with whatever players I feel like have that ceiling. Um, but I really don't do well in this league. I just, I'm always <laughs> sending beer. Like last, last, last year, I actually was the first time in four years that I received beer. Um, and that's because I um, had the highest weekly total for, uh, for one of the, one of the divisions. So um, like first through, first through fourth, get beer. And then we also have like special, um, you know, special packages. If you uh, have the highest point total for uh, a week or you had the highest scoring player for the season and stuff like that. Bonuses for lack of a better term. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> no, and that's awesome. And you really created something cool here because I like, admittedly, like I'm not, I'm a hockey guy. I'm not a football guy. Um, I do. And the state of hockey, he'll roll his eyes and laugh again. I'll fight for the CFL until the day I die being Canadian. But I understand that. Let's be honest. The Mecca of football, it lies in the United States and the NFL is, uh, is, is the big beast there. But, but this is truly outstanding what you've done. I know state of hockey has a couple more things he wants to, wants to bring up here, but I, I think it's really cool, man. For someone who's not necessarily into the NFL and the sport of football, I mean, this is something that would interest like a casual sports fan in my mind, especially someone who's into craft beer like myself. Well, maybe this is your gateway in Asia. Maybe next year they expand even further and we can get Victoria Island beers looped in. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Shout out Phillips. <laughs> but you, no, you I know mean, go for it. Oh, sorry. Oh, Isha, I was going to say, I actually played some uh, CFL DraftKings uh, for <laughs> no a couple years yeah so I, I knew i knew some of the players for a little bit bc um, lions solomon aluminium he'll be my guy i think he's retired now but no he was outstanding <laughs> when he played for us and yeah that's yeah, awesome that man. was that, that was pretty cool like i recognized some of the players from the nfl you know yeah it's definitely like again it's it's not even close to what the nfl is just because it's so small but there is some talent and the game it is a different game but growing up in canada it's the game that i was used to so for me i i find it you know more exciting the way with the three downs you know and kind of forcing the play versus kind of the longer the longer game and in my opinion it's just it's just faster and yeah i'm not saying that one is right or wrong i'm just saying that's that's what i'm used to that's what i grew up loving for sure yeah, I thought it was cool. Don't they do um, like the head start kind of uh, the off, uh, the line of scrimmage, like the players run and then hike the ball? Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple <laughs> weird there's a couple weird things that they that they do as well. And like I don't want to waste your time and get into them, but uh, maybe after <laughs> I'll send you some of the odd rules because you will have a chuckle of them after I'll send it to you on Twitter there. For sure. Well, 
this just being such a weird year, like not even necessarily for this league, Dustin, but just across fantasy football, like what do you expect people to be doing within their leagues, like with payouts, with everything, if we don't get a full 16 games for every team? Man, yeah, that's like I posted uh, something on Facebook to try to, you know, get some feelers out there for some new uh, team, uh, some, some new players. And that was a question I got a lot. I think, I mean, if the season doesn't happen, I mean, it, we're, we're just going to just cancel everything. We're, we're not going to hold anyone to that. Like, I, but, but there's no threshold. Like if they play eight games, if they play 12 I, games, like is there a certain point where it's like we've seen enough to kind of award a trophy or pay out money or is it all or nothing? I'd say, dang, that's really tough to say. And we'll definitely have to, you know, hammer that out before the draft. But I think if we can get eight games, I think we can kind of hold it, hold it together. What do you think? I mean, that's my opinion. I think if you get halfway through the season, I think obviously you got to get agreement within each individual league. Like I'm yeah. putting out polls for my home league to figure that out. But, you know, it, as long as everyone's in agreement, it's all good. But yeah, if they get four or six games in and everything goes to shit, like right. you shouldn't be getting paid out for that. Give everyone their money back, whatever. But I guess the bigger question with all that, what are you doing for injuries or illness? Like, are you going with oh. the unlimited IR rule and it's honor system that you're just using it for COVID reasons? Or I've seen a lot of crazy things out there. Uh, we're we're definitely doing that. We're we're gonna have a, a COVID unlimited IR, and um, I th- I saw on Yahoo that uh, fantasy they're actually having the C nineteen label on those players that are testing positive for COVID. So we'll be we'll be uh, doing the honor system, but we'll also keep an eye on it. And I imagine that my fantasy league will have you know a listing for COVID players. But yeah, we're gonna have unlimited IR because it's going to be nuts, man. Like yeah. these players are all together. There's going to be whole offenses that are just probably missing three weeks, you know? Well, and we're, we're not sure necessarily, like I don't think it's been confirmed a hundred percent that if you get COVID, like you're good moving forward once you get past it. But like, if you're drafting a team right now, are you more interested in taking a guy like Zeke because he's already had it? Or does that just not even play into your decision-making? Oh, look at you going full analyst here. <laughs> I would that that doesn't uh, affect how I'm going to draft the player because it's something I have no control over, and I have heard that people have gotten it twice. I don't know how true that okay. is, but I, I don't know. I'm 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 not focused on that, but yeah, COVID's you, definitely. You know how Hoppy's going to draft now, dude. So I'm just saying, write that down. <laughs> Make a note yeah. of the people who've had it. <laughs> or maybe that's me laying it out there and hoping other people in the league listen. It's bait. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, hilarious. Man. But anything, I mean, give us a soundbite here, Dustin. Like anything, any hot takes on who's going to absolutely tank this year, whether it's hmm. professional team or just individual player, or who's your guy that no one's talking about that's going to crush it this year? And Dustin, don't worry. We all know the Bills aren't going anywhere, so you don't even have to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to talk about the Bills. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think, well, yeah, I, my, my, I guess my hot take right now is uh, uh, Cooper Cup over Robert Woods. A lot of people on Twitter are touting Robert Woods as, like, the wide receiver one, but I think Cup can 
be a wide receiver, like a fantasy wide receiver one, like a top 10 guy. I'm real high on him. Um, I'm real high on Miles Sanders too. Um, Everyone either loves him or hates him this year. There's not much middle ground. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's a, a RB1. Um, I'm also kind of bearish on uh, uh, Eckler. I, I think that he's already had his ceiling. and I think he's kind of – he's going to come down to earth a little bit. I like him as a player. I mean, he's super talented, but they're going to mix that back backfield up with uh, Justin Jackson and uh, Jonathan Kelly. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's going to do the same thing he did. People think that he's going to jump in and take over Melvin Gordon's role, and no, he's right. going to be exactly who he was. They're just going to have a new, lesser version of Gordon. But yeah, mm-hmm. Cooper Cup's the weird one that I've heard people talk a lot about because it's like, yeah. do we get the first half of the year or the second half of the year when they went to like full one-two offense where Cup's not getting on the field as much? But he's a stud, and yeah, he's going to be the one that makes or breaks people if they guess right on him. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up my my rankings. I haven't published it yet, but um, here we go. Let's see. I want. I'll, I'll I'll see who who I'm higher on and get some hot takes for you. <laughs> That's what we love here on the Soda Pod. <laughs> oh, oh man, I only got one more of these beers left. State of Hoppy, I might have to. I might have to make a quick uh, beer run before we get on the podcast here because these Uh-oh. are just so damn good. Again, shout out Yellow Dog, the Squirrel Tracer. <laughs> Uh, hazy pale ale. I'm trying to find my stuff. I don't even know where it is, man. <laughs> That's okay. Take your time. In the meantime, do you okay, have cool. any kind of NHL cheering interest or any teams that you follow in any capacity or is it all football for you? Um, yeah, I, I don't really pay attention to uh, hockey. I, um, I did play some, uh, DFS, hockey DFS for a little bit, but I was really bad at it. So I stopped. <laughs> uh, so even people know, that know hockey can't do hockey dfs it's a crapshoot it really is yeah that's what I was, that's why i was interested in it i was like yeah maybe there's an edge here but it's really kind of hard to do well then nfl who do you have a team or is it just whoever you have on your fantasy team oh yeah it's uh the washington football team as they've uh passively <laughs> aggressively named themselves um i'm so sorry yeah me too uh yeah, I really – yeah, I've always been a fan of them, but I'm, I hate Dan Snyder, man. As does everybody. I don't everybody. know if anyone likes him. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the consensus. I mean, how do you not name the team? Like, he, he's I, – I think it's just passive-aggressive. He's, he's, he knows he has to change it but doesn't want to pick a name, so that's what he, they chose. Yeah, is that you, what they're going forward with? Oh, with the, for the season, for now, not not permanently, but for the season, and that's what's hilarious about it. It's like with all the resources, with all the money, with all the marketing team that yeah. not only the franchise has, but the NFL has as a whole, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and you said it, it's it's passive aggressive, and it's just like, right? Why are you why are you still battling? Just get it done and move on. That that's kind Here, of the way. Here's but, one quick one, Dustin. While you're still pulling those up. For yeah. the Minnesota fans here, who should you be taking from Minnesota where they're going in drafts, and who do you just want to watch out for? Um, I w- I'd, I'd prefer uh, Jefferson, I think. But I think Thielen's kind of going kind of late, too, for, for who he's he going, is. He's going a little late for what he is, for sure. Yeah. What about you? Who, who do you like on the Vikings? I mean, I agree with you. I think Jefferson could step into a big role with Diggs gone now, depending on how yeah. things shake out. 
getting ramped up, but Thielen's just going to get so many looks. And, you know, if there wasn't the potential contract holdout and all the disputes there with Cook, like, I think he'd be in my top four running backs off the board. But it's just the uncertainty there makes it kind of hard when you're putting that much draft equity into someone. Oh, yeah. Plus, plus his injury concerns, too. And if you're waiting on quarterback, like, you could do worse than Kirk Cousins. He's boring as shit, but he's <laughs> not going to be bad. So, yeah, he'll, he'll be all right. I don't, I'm not I mean, really I'm targeting not, I'm him. I'm not taking him in a one QB league, but in a two QB league, I'm fine having him as my number two. Yeah. This is where I just sit back and drink, boys. <laughs> Hell yeah. Pay attention. Maybe yeah. you're getting in the Beer Traders League next year. There's an expansion. Oh, I'm. I want to get him in on the um, in the in the uh, group tech or group me for sure. Yeah, you don't have to follow football to yeah to, to get in there, man. Exactly. Even if I can just talk about beer and sports, I, I'm I'm definitely like I'm. I know what's going on in the world of sports and and the NFL. I'm just by proxy. I like I keep tabs on the Seahawks because I'm closest to Seattle, but I haven't. I haven't found an NFL team that's mine yet. So maybe maybe down the road, like I, I will go all in on the league when uh, when that happens. Well, I have sounds like you gotta get in with the Vikings, man, if you're gonna have a Minnesota based <laughs> podcast. I can't. My dad hates the Vikings though. Just, I'll never do that to him. I'm sorry. <laughs> is there a reason? I don't think there is. I think just there's <laughs> just a few players that like he just thought were that he just didn't like and he just kind of was like, I just hate the Vikings. I don't know. I, I do know one of his friends is like a huge Viking fan out of nowhere. Like this guy, this guy moved to Canada from like Ethiopia like 25 years ago and, you know, found football and loved football and then just chose the Vikings as his team. And so my dad, I don't just kind of grills him. Like why of all teams, like you didn't just go over the home team, the Seahawks, like what's wrong with you? Why did you choose the Vikings? So uh, I think that that's like a little bit, a little, a uh, little tension they have there as well, or like the little running joke between them. Um, Cause whenever the Vikings are playing them in the playoffs or if there was a, or even if the Vikings are in the playoffs, they come over and we'd watch it all together. But uh, we would just rag on our friend Agassi there. All right. So I found my top, 200 but uh it's not sorted by position so i'll just tell you my top 10 uh wide receivers if that's okay because i I feel like i'm yeah i feel like i've got some hot takes in here um anyway it's uh michael thomas of course adams hill julio hopkins dj moore mari cooper aj brown chris godwin and uh cooper cup okay yeah there's some hot takes in that bottom half and I, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Justify for me Hill over Julio. Uh, just ceiling. Um, yeah, I think he'll have more boom weeks than Julio. More I boom like weeks fl- for sure, but he'll also probably have yeah. more down weeks too, won't he? That's true. That's true. Okay, but that, that – I mean, that one I can quibble over. But DJ Moore at six is very interesting to me. What were the rest of the bottom five? Uh, Cooper. A.J. Brown, Chris Godwin, and Cooper Cup. Wow. I love A.J. Brown this year. I don't love him that much. And the yeah. one that, I guess, explain Amari Cooper to me, I guess, because the dude's got top five talent for receivers in the league, but you bring in another receiver there, and you've got just his boomer bust every year. Like, he's never gotten a consistent workload, plus injuries. Like, just – Tell me why people should take Amari Cooper. Oh, I think he has had a consistent workload. I think he's just, I don't know, kind of undervalued. I, that's just where I prefer to take him. 
Um, I think he's going to have a lot of volume. And I, I think we still haven't seen his ceiling yet. I mean, he's had some insane games. Um, but I think he's a, a target hog, e- even with those other pieces around him. I, I, I'm just bullish on him, man. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I'd rather well, – I'm not challenging you. I'm just curious. I'm just giving you the, the devil's advocate here, and I want to hear – your reasoning. Oh, yeah. yeah, Justin, don't back down here. He's going to do this to you. Stand, stand true to your take, my friend. <laughs> I thought yeah. he was going to oh, yeah. adjust I'm, it I'm... mid-chat. No, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm standing firm on, on those unless there's injuries or anything or news, but yeah. So, like, industry consensus, like, the top 10-ish guys, like, who shouldn't be there? Like, who do you just hate? Oh, yeah. I love stuff like, I love stuff <laughs> yes. like that. Yes, let's go. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pull up Fantasy Pros Top 10. Let's see what they've got. Um, do you have any that, that you're not super high on, or do you have any in there, Scott? I'm bigger on the ones that, like, I'm high on that aren't necessarily being looked at. You know, I'm a guy that, uh-huh. I don't know, there's, there's a lot of people that probably agree, but there's also a lot of people that go the opposite direction where, you know, you look at number one over in Chicago – I just think that that's a guy that produced last year with nothing. Like you got the worst of Mitchell Trubisky this year. You're going to get either Foles or a better Trubisky out there throwing to him guys. Like you said, a target hog. I just Mm -hmm. don't see, I just don't see a way that he's not at least in that upper echelon. Like he's not going to be number one in the league, but he's the guy that's going to show up every week for you if he's healthy. Oh, for sure. So I've got the uh, top 20 pulled up here, and I think I'm more bearish on the, the Bucks. I think – I don't think Tom Brady's washed, but I think he's Four not going to you're, – You're going with both of them? Well, I like I, – I prefer Godwin. Yeah. Because um, he plays out of the slot more. I think Mike Evans could – I mean, I think you'll have if some big If there's a guy, league, when you league. ask me, if there's one that I hate, that's a guy that I think is being drafted too early. Like, great Same. talent. I think he'll have a solid year, but he shouldn't be in the top 15 receivers in my mind. I mean, if Jameis was still there, I would love him. Right. But, yeah, now that was Brady. his thing. He'd have a week where he'd put up, like, 30 points. Next week he puts up five. And Tom right. Brady's not a guy that's going to be hucking it down the field to him. And, you know, Jameis is a guy that's going to scramble around and fight for something, and he's going to see a play through and try and huck something downfield. Brady's going to check that shit down every time. <laughs> yep. He's not, he's not going to take those unnecessary risks, which is good for the team, but not good for your fantasy team. Right. No so one do you else think, that really stands out, though? Oh, you should. Do, do, just quickly, like, do you think there's going to be a big, like, uh, and again, because I don't play fantasy football, I play fantasy hockey, and I do know that, like, there's some older players in the National Hockey League where – you know, there's still hot commodities pretty high up in, in the fantasy draft. How, a, how has Tom Brady been the last few years? Like, is he someone that people still target? And do you think he's even, he's even worth it this year based on the team that's around him? Um, he hasn't been really fantasy relevant for like – I mean, he's been okay the last couple of years, but not someone that I would target. Um. Do you, you see like Scott? the like the fan like the real like the crazy Boston like or the Patriots fans like just go out of their way to get him every now and then, which you know may pave the way f- easier for some other people who are in the league. Or do you think that everyone 
who participate in fantasy football just kind of, you know, know their stuff and kind of put their fandom aside? Oh, yeah. I mean, my buddy and I play in a league where everyone is Washington fans and they they would draft, you know, years back, Chris Cooley in the second round and stupid <laughs> shit like that. Okay, okay. Uh, I, well, I see that in fantasy hockey leagues as well or even like some um, – yeah some like constructed sim sim leagues that people put together where, you know, the, the fun part of it, especially in the sim league is being able to put together these crazy trades and stuff like that, where you like, there's some people who are playing who are like, no, I'm a, you know, for example, I'll just throw out a hockey team. Like I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan. So I'm like, I'm never going to trade X, Y, and Z just because they're my boys. And like, it's just like, well, then why are you even playing? Like, it's not even fun, you know, sort of thing. Um, so I have just based on my experience playing some fantasy hockey and, and some of these like custom sim leagues, some of the people who join are just like so, you know, are just so homers to their teams. And it's just like, oh, you're, you're not making this fun for the rest of us. You're just hogging your favorite players. Well, those are the kind of leagues you need to play in because there's no rationale to winning. That's that true. Instance. I guess, I guess you know, that's, true. that's free money for you. <laughs> that, that, that exactly. Do, do we, do we have any kind of regional biases in the, the beer trader league that I can capitalize on? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, these guys are sharp, man. I mean, Gary, the guy that uh, co co uh, manages, he won the Scott Fishbowl, and that's like a fifteen hundred person league last year. Yep. So holy shit, fifteen hundred people. Yeah, Scott I think Fishbowl something like that. Is a different beast, man. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Like, I think the biggest league I've ever played in was like fifty. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, you're not going to see too much of that in, in this league. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Fair That's enough. awesome. Yeah, it's 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 pretty competitive. Well, Dustin, anything coming up? I know, like we mentioned before, fakepigskin.com. Anything mm-hmm. coming up for you or anything recent that people need to be checking out going into their drafts? Because I got to imagine most drafts are in the next two or three weeks here leading up to the season. And shamelessly plug away anything you're working on uh, in addition to your draft league, man. For sure. Um, so, yeah, in addition to getting the uh, Beer Traders League up and running, um, I'm going to be posting my top 200 for PPR redraft. That'll be on fakepigskin.com. Um, and then I do a article every week, which is the Millie Maker Plays article, where I try to kind of uncover very low-owned uh, players that could uh, win you like a large field tournament on DraftKings. Um but that'll be started uh, when the season starts. But yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, I, I, I don't have anything else for you. Do you have anything else for him? State of Hoppy? No, I think we covered a lot here. I'm just looking forward. We got here this, well, I guess Friday night, right? Is, or is it Saturday that the draft kicks off for us? Yeah, it's, it starts on Saturday. Um, it's going to have a, um, it's an eight hour clock and it'll probably go on for like a week we had one guy that timed out every pick last year but he's not in this year so oh my god that's the worst it it should be pretty cool this year quickly what's the how long is the was the timeout then for him it was eight hours every time and i kept texting him and god dude just make a pick and he i think he was on the wraparound too which is inexcusable oh i that's i thought you were gonna say like an hour or so no <laughs> like that would even drive me nuts <laughs> yeah i've had a couple people like that well even i mean this is a whole different can of worms that we won't get into but bobby sylvester he was one of the ones that i did with uh those charity drafts and like 
Yeah. He's like messaging us after the weekend. He's like, well, shit, all the guys that I had like pre-queued got taken and I didn't think you guys would draft this fast. So my team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah. That's hilarious. Well, again, Dustin, I really appreciate you making the time for us, man. This was fun. Uh, I know I didn't get to chime in too much on the football side, but I definitely uh, <laughs> love chiming in on the beer side. And, um, you know, if, you, if the keys to the castle are yours, my friend. Anytime you want to come and talk about any of the content that you're producing on the writing side or any updates on the league, especially now that Hoppy is part of the whole thing. I know a lot of our listeners in the state of hockey are also big Vikings fans. They're, you know, all you Americans, you're football fans first, let's be honest. So I know that a little football chatter on this hockey podcast is always welcome. So we appreciate it, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Isha, Scott, appreciate you guys, man. Right, and anytime. Scott, good luck on your draft, dude. You as well, man. We'll see if we end up in the same division or not. I, I just better be in one of the cool division names. I don't want to have to get upset about that. Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what to name it. If you guys have any ideas, we have six divisions that need names. Oh, you know, they, this is a good topic for a podcast. For, for all those listening to episode 75 of the Soda Pod here, uh, we, recorded this, we recorded this interview right before uh, we recorded the live stream podcast. So maybe that's something we can do to close out the Ooh. show in a segment, a little brainstorm. Yeah, hit, hit me up, boys. Will do. All right, Love thanks, it. Dustin. We appreciate it, man. All right, cheers. All right, everybody. We only got a few more minutes here left in the podcast, and uh, it, that that's that's great because we had a great conversation with Dustin. That was a lot of fun, uh, you know, talking a little bit about you know the NFL, taking a little right turn from hockey, talking a ton of beer. We obviously uh, we had uh, we had Joe on State of Hoppy's brother there to talk about his trip to Duluth and a, a little bit about a little bit of everything. To be honest, it was if you watch the video, it was a little scattered. It was much like the video, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and I'm excited to bring Joe back on to talk more about is this scumbag flyers and more and we also had andrew hammond on from the broadway boys podcast which was awesome he gave us some great insight and uh about the rangers and the draft um in the last few minutes of the show here i do uh, want to run down a little bit of national hockey league news but of course minnesota wild news and it's funny because i read the show rundown at the beginning of the show um i'm not going to do a bunch of crazy editing we didn't follow suit it is what it is when you're doing a, a live show here but i do have to run down some of our sponsors we have our text and voicemail back folks and it's open to all minnesota fans in and beyond the state of uh i was gonna say hoppy it is it's the state of hoppy listen it's simple if you call us we're putting you on the podcast it's a great way to interact so don't be shy leave us a text as well 612-324-1684 or again on twitter at the soda pod um that segment which will run as soon as our inbox is full will be brought to you by the open phone app they give you a business phone in an app great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month so go check it out uh, we're also partnered with Manscaped, manscaped.com. If you use the promo code THPN, you'll get 20% off your next purchase. And finally, coolhockey.com. Cool Hockey, they're an awesome Canadian company. They've been around since 1999, and they will get you the best goddamn jerseys that you can ever find, the best hand-stitched names, numbers, custom patches, you name it. If you use promo code THPN, you get 30% off up to 40% off on some big store-wide promotions with that promo code. Jump onto coolhockey.com slash THPN so we can track your order. And don't forget to use the promo code THPN. 
ESPN. Okay, let's jump into uh, some hockey talk here. This segment of the show where we, uh, I quickly want to run down some things on the Minnesota Wild. All right, we talked about draft with Andy Hammond. Let's talk a little bit about the draft with the Minnesota Wild. We don't have to exhaust the state of hockey, and I know we will talk more about it uh, on the, the midweek episode. But obviously, the Minnesota Wild didn't win the draft lottery. They get the ninth overall pick, and Pittsburgh gets to keep theirs. I know we talked a little bit about this uh, off air. I want to hear your thoughts on this right now. Yeah, and I'm happy to go more in depth. If anyone wants to just tag me on Twitter, I will have a very cordial back and forth with you. But anyone that's surprised or upset about Pittsburgh keeping that pick, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Um, Out to lunch. No brainer. No brainer. Uh, It's just a deep draft this year. You can bring up San Jose all you want, but everything went wrong for them. They lost their best player to free agency, had injuries happen. They were already a team that looked like they were poised to miss the playoffs. I don't see Pittsburgh missing the playoffs. And if you're a GM like Jim Rutherford, you definitely don't give up this pick and punt on next year saying that we're worried about having a lottery pick. So it's what was expected. Wilder's still in a phenomenal spot with that ninth overall pick where you're going to have a stud that you're going to be able to pick from. It's just a matter of what Billy Guerin thinks is best. Um, have you looked at kind of the, I, I know all, it depends what you read. Some people, you know, subscribe to. It's all over the place, man. <laughs> it, it's all over the place, but there usually is like a few players around, you know, let, let's say, you know, the, the six to 10 range. There's usually a few players, you know, similar players within all the draft guides right now or the draft list. I don't even know if the guides are, have come out yet. Um, is there a player just, just, I mean, again, we don't have to get into this in depth. Is there, if, is there a player that interests you around that, around that number that you think yeah, may be available? It's one that I personally don't think will make it to nine, but a lot of people online are saying that he will. So if so, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, it's Rossi. I think that's really? a guy that would be an amazing pick for the wild, but I don't think he's going to make it to nine. No, man. I don't think he's leaving. I, I think he's in the top five personally. Hey, you look around on Twitter and there's plenty of people that think that he's somewhere in that like eight, nine, 10 range. I, well, I don't shit, agree if he's with there, that. You take him, man. You need that center. Case, I am 100% advocating for that. Yes. And I guess the biggest thing for me, Isha is who not to take. And I think that's Askarov. So. Oh, that's fine with me to be, to be perfectly honest. I think Askarov falls to around 15, you know, that range to be perfectly honest. I mean, it comes down to the team. It's not even necessarily the pick slot. It's who's willing to take a goalie in the first. Well, that, that's the thing I've heard, you know, that he could be in the top 10, but I just, we've seen enough of that and he's not Carter Hart. I'm sorry. He's just not, we would have heard more about him if he was Carter Hart, right? There'd be more hype for me picking a goalie in the first round. It's just not, it's not worth the risk. Well, I'm okay like, they, 20. I'm okay out, 20 amazing, onward. Man. Well, I'm okay yeah. 20 onward to be perfectly honest cuz at that point Which, it's a, it's a crap shoot anyway. Sure, that's different. But even I mean, well, you said first round, so it's not different. I'm just <laughs> No, no, but I agree with you. Like like 20 through 30 is like debate, debatably first round because you've got a lot of guys that start slotting up and falling back in that range, but Yeah, yeah. Like if you're picking a guy between 10 and 20, I guess is where I'm going to call it. There's just so much risk baked in with any kind of goaltending prospect. Like even if they have that crazy upside, like you're talking probably three or four years best case before you're bringing them in. And like at that point, who knows what you've done with your team and what's developed in the goaltending pipeline from the AHL or bringing someone in from free agency. I mean, look at Florida Panthers taking night and then paying Bobrovsky 
10 a year for yeah. seven years. No, I know. Like, that's, you uh, know, I, the guy is probably ungodly talented and I bet in four years, he'll be a guy that shuts out the wild in some playoff series and I'll feel <laughs> bad about it. But I just don't see how you can pass on some of the top tier talent that we're looking at this year at forward, especially when your need is so dire at center to pick a goaltender, even with that kind of upside. Hey, fair enough. And you know, that, that's something that I, that I won't, that I don't contest you with there. Just my quick thing is that man, Perfetti and Holtz, you know, I know there, I know Perfetti is a, a winger slash center. Okay. When that's, when, when, when that's on their draft or that's on their scouting report at this age, at the National Hockey League, it's a very slim chance that I've seen, you know, historically they're actually a center. So you got two great wingers in Perfetti who, you know, uh, is an un- was an unbelievable prospect right now, ripping it up in the O. And then Holtz actually, who blew my expectations of him when I was reading about him and actually started to watch some of his, some of his film and look at his stats. He really impressed me as well. But again, wingers. After you go from like the projected, I don't know, 11 to 16, you have a ton of potential centers that land there. So it, I could honestly... The Wild could move down, to be perfectly honest. And it would maybe be okay if they want to draft for need because Anton Lundell may be available at, you know, 10, between 10 and 15. You got, you know, Dylan Holloway, um, Connor uh, uh, Zeri, for example, um, Dawson Mercer. I mean, these are all potential centers. So again, I said I wouldn't get into it in depth and here we are getting into it in depth. We'll have more of a draft heavy show as, as the weeks lead up to the National Hockey League draft, but just something to... Uh, to, to think about moving, moving forward. Um, Kaprizov, Hoppy, he has arrived. He's in Minnesota. He had a nice greeting from Evison. Evison even pushed his bags out to the cab. What a beauty. What a beauty. That won't be the last time, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, there's not much more to say here. Are you excited? He's in your state. How can you not be excited? If you have a pulse and if you care at all about the wild, you're excited about this. It's a bummer that you got to kind of sit here and wait for it for a while now. It's kind of this, it's just a strange off season to have. Like I even caught him on 31 thoughts listening uh, the other day being like, yeah, I don't know what this team's going to do this summer. It's like, buddy, summer's over. Like this summer is this fall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's a weird time, but uh, hey, we're all excited to see what the guy can do. I just hope that everyone being this excited about him doesn't, mount the pressure on him and doesn't get people too upset if his first couple games aren't fantastic. Well, even put it this way, if he only puts up, you know, 45 to 50 points his first season, don't freak out. That's fine. He's still a rookie. He's a seasoned pro, but he's a rookie in the National Hockey League. You know, Panarin, not everyone is Artemi Panarin. I'm just, I'm just going to say that right now. Um, a couple things I want to highlight on Garen's comments uh, upon being um, beaten and the wild leaving the bubble now in the play-in slash qualifying round to the Vancouver Canucks. He had his pressers with Russo and, and, and well, made the rounds with everyone. Uh, a couple common themes in all of the pressers in all of the interviews was that... <laughs> Not that it's all on Alex Dalek because I think he is not the reason why the Wild lost against the Vancouver Canucks at all. But there needs to be a, a change in goaltending. That's par for the course. If you talk to the analytics people, if you talk to Wild fans, I think that is kind of the consensus. That's what that's what we want, and that's what the franchise has addressed. So I, I like that. Um, I love his candidness, by the way. Uh, the other thing Garen also highlighted was that underperformers on these team on this team are not safe, (laughs) i.e. Greenway, you ain't safe. 
Um, and Koivu, Miko Koivu could stay on and work with the organization. That's definitely a possibility if he does not play in the Finnish Liga next season. So these are the three common things that I've heard throughout all of his pressers. Uh, what do you think about those, State of Hoppy? I know you, you're itching to comment on a couple. No, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, honestly, from what you said, is the goaltending aspect, which I think his comments are definitely much more poised to just what it's going to take to win moving forward. You know, I think it's good that he's not just infatuated with the stay lock performance because let's be real, no one thought that he was going to come out and do what he did in that series. Um, so the fact that he just realizes like, hey, this is the problem that needs to be addressed. That's a good thing. And he's openly talking about it instead of beating around the bush. You know, we're going to step back. We're going to value it. We've got four great goaltenders in our system. We'll see what happens. Like, no, he's straight up. This is something that needs to be addressed. We're going to address it. We'll see how. Well, so, also show, it also shows that, like, they're dialed in analytically because I remember when Jay Fresh came on the show, he said, yeah, they don't have the best depth at center, but the real issue with this team is goaltending. And it's, it, if you look at it from an analytical standpoint, too, that's what dragged them down the most. No, I agree. And that's where, again, I think they're going to do the right things. This is a big year where, you know, Billy Garen's had his season now to sit back and watch this team, see what he needs to see. When he gets this a draft now too. explosive fall slash off season <laughs> where he's making his moves. Like we don't know what's going to happen. I feel like there's going to be one or two moves that blindside oh, yes. fans and we're going to be like, what the hell is happening? We're probably going to be pissed initially, and then we like sit back and think about it like, damn, it's actually really smart. Hey, if, uh, if a Jordan Greenway is not with the team next year, I, you know, <laughs> a, a Ryan Donato could, could, could actually maybe get some minutes, assuming he's even around. How about you know this? What? I, let, Donato let straight this. up. <laughs> Donato, no, Donato straight up for Jake for Tannen so we can keep the shotgun Jake in the state <laughs> where it belongs, baby. I like that. <laughs> no, and here's what I'll say about Donato. I hope he either gets a chance to play like second line minutes, or I hope they trade him somewhere that will, because someone, someone will take a chance on uber talented. Like it's gotta happen. Just don't keep him on the fourth line, please. For the love of God. Yeah. Um, and without Miko Koivu too, there, it's just, it's going to be an interesting shakeup going into next season. Um, it, it really is. And I loved how Garen was also open about, you know, how maybe it was on him to also, not be more vocal about not playing Zuccarello because he said, you know, when Russo asked him, you know, it, you know, Billy, like th th this is, I understand that when you were paying a player this much and, you know, and with, with his, uh, with all his past accolades and, you know, in fairness to Zuccarello, him dominating in the playoffs last season, you can't just take him out of the lineup, Seriously? but Garen kind of said, and I'm not, I'm not um, quoting him here or anything, but he, but he alluded to the fact that like, you know, hindsight's 2020 20, but looking back on it maybe he was the one to take out of the lineup as well yeah and the tough thing too is in a weird year like this like you don't know who was impacted by the stoppage whatever but you also don't know what's going on in the locker room like that might be a guy that like the team was rallying around and he was kind of a centerpiece with his experience in the playoffs that could be totally wrong but it's just like in a weird year like this, there's a lot of things we don't know yeah. going in on why players were played versus others. But I agree. That's a guy that just with the way he was playing should have been yanked at some point, especially over a guy like Donato, just being one example who game one, you and I've already talked about this. He yeah. that fourth line was arguably the best line for them as far as what they put out for their time. No, I, I agree. 
Um, we only got a few more minutes here, and you know, I'd go all night, as you all know. I don't care about putting out long content, but I got a Vancouver Canucks game to watch soon here. Yeah. Um, quickly, you can follow myself on Twitter at vi sports talk. Of course, the the show at the Soda Pod and Hoppy over here at the State of Hoppy. Um, the best thing you can do though is rate and review the network and the shows you like. Even if the review is ridiculous, we don't care. Write something. We've been asking you to write your favorite lakes. None of you have been doing it, so uh, <laughs> fuck it. Write something. Give us five stars. That's all I care about. A reminder: we have poll questions every week, and we will get into that in the next segment here. Um, we'll run down our our beer poll question, which we didn't get into in the hoppy hour, and we'll also run down our NHL uh, based question and just a couple notes. Uh, we won't have time to get into the beer bets on this show, but that's okay. We'll do it, you know, as the second round uh, commences, um, either midweek or on Sunday. But without further ado, let's get into the last segment of the show. Um, I want to just quickly say that no COVID cases thus far, but players are still leaving the bubble. Uh, Tuka Rask is uh, leaving the bubble um, to deal with some. I don't know. I'm just going to say family issues, uh, some personal things. Um, he can't, he can no longer be in the bubble and compete in the Stanley cup playoffs, leaving the starting role now to Yaroslav Halak with the Bruins, which to be honest, like at least the Bruins have Halak, you know, uh, a former one B someone who's performed very well with the Bruins. Um, as a, someone who doesn't like the Bruins, I'm kind of, you know, smiling a little bit, just, just from a sports aspect, you know, especially if there's something going wrong with Rask. I don't wish him ill will at all. This is purely f- for the fact that I want to see the, Her- the Carolina Hurricanes beat them. And I think, you know, Rask is obviously a better goalie than Halak. So this may be uh, just as a fan point of view, something that I, that I, that I like in regards to Carolina winning, but a very interesting thing. Nonetheless, um, I don't think he's, de- he de- he's deserving of the, the flack that he's getting online and, and in Twitter and in and, and some pressers uh, to be perfectly honest, Hoppy. No, I agree, but I mean, it's Boston sports. It's kind of expected. Um, yeah, how about their announcer, by the way? What's his name again? Oh, it always uh, oh, Jack man. Edwards. What if, yep. man, what a dick. And like, I feel like every year we sit, like Jack Edwards says something in season and playoffs, but now that he's on Twitter, it's like, oh my God, man. I mean, Larry Brooks was, was better than you. Gotta stay relevant, man. Um, but I mean, for all the teams for it to happen to, like, the best backup scenario probably in the league with a lock. Like he's going to be fine. It's not going to be like a complete 180 for the team. You want Rask, but you respect his decision. And, uh, you know, by no means does this derail the Boston Bruins, whether or not Char is taking guys down. Char, you know, I, I hate that gangly alien from a Vancouver Canucks perspective, but man, you, and I, I don't respect him hurting anybody, but I respect the fact that he's still, he's still, out there dishing out his physical dominance at what 42 is he 42 now i don't even know how old he is he's north of 40 that's insane now it's it sucks because i'm sure it wasn't well i'm sure it wasn't intentional but char does play with that little bit of an edge so you never know everyone's screaming slew foot man and i'm watching these videos and i don't see it like if I don't Chara see a slew foot someone you're gonna notice exactly. I was just gonna say that with, with like someone he pushes that big. down on him and he goes down funny and it sucks, especially with how good Svechnikov is and what's going on for the Hurricanes. But like all of you screaming slew foot, show me in the video, even slow mo. I'm not seeing it. Like I, I don't know what to say about it. I, I agree, and you know, I'm not being as uh. 
Um, I, 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 I'm having a hard time describing myself a little bit because I've been drinking beer all afternoon. But what I'm trying to say here is that Char, the fact that Char is still in the, in the news hurting people at his age with his limited minutes is insane. This guy's a gamer. And again, I'm not condoning him hurting anybody, but the fact that he's in the play, you know, putting himself in those you know, situations where, let's be honest, most high danger situations these days are not because of intentional things. They're because the game's so intense and, and speed's involved. Zdeno Chara, he's still at it with the Bruins. And though I cannot, again, cannot stand him as a player, I respect the former Prince George Cougar. Uh, Rob Brindamore fined 25 grand for his comments on the ref. That's complete bullshit in my mind, especially when the likes of Michael Furlan for the Vancouver Canucks only gets five grand for, and again, not an egregious, but a spear nonetheless. This is bullshit, State of Hobby. This is NHL dictation 100%. It's absolutely ridiculous, uh, especially when you look at the max fine for a player. Is garbage. All that, but uh, which is what, what is respect. it again? What is the max fine again? Uh, isn't it five? Oh, it must. About Furlan got the max, oh but either God. way, you gotta stand up and commend the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter. They oh, don't miss good. a beat. That picture of the check was spot on. Oh my God, that was wonderful. Hoppy, I knew, I knew this actually off the top of my head. I just, again, the liquid courage, it's not working for right now. It's uh, first offense is up to 10 grand and then for okay, it's uh, subsequent, it's 15. And that's why I thought it was 15, but yeah. Still vastly still more than the Yeah, still more, which is ridiculous. God. Absolutely. I know it's easier said than done, but if I'm in that locker room, I'm pulling together with the players and I'm like, nah, we want our coach doing this. Let's help him out. Oh yeah, you know, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. Everyone loves to play for Rod the Bod. Uh, before we close out everything here, State of Hoppy, and you know, watching the clock, we got like literally three, four minutes. That's all good. A uh, quick note on it doesn't even have to be every series that's currently going on right now, um, but just a quick note on on some of the series. Uh, that uh, that or anything you want to highlight in regard to some of the series going on. Again, folks, our beer bets are going to come out on episode 76 of the podcast, which, um, you know, we had some scheduling issues with Michael Russo this week, so we couldn't feature him on this podcast. But hopefully uh, between now and Thursday, we'll connect and then we'll, we'll have a Thursday podcast for you. And you better believe we'll have the beer bets on that one as well. But back to you, State of Hoppy. Do you got any, uh, do you, got any you know, you can just run through them, your, uh, the list here and, and give me any notes that you have. All right. Well, first off, you and I agreed, and I feel like yours was a lot of emotion, but I said Vancouver in seven. Um, I, I like it still. Uh, I'm sure you're going to hit on that way more, so I'll skip through. Um, Philadelphia, Montreal. Clusterfuck is the word I would use. Um, what's every the- game going in, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. it's going to be a 1-0 game, or one team's going to put up five goals. There's just not a lot of consistency from either team. It's one of the only games that I won't bet on in an in a in and out. So, um, the last and by the way, me, Joe Philly should win this one. Eh? I don't. I I don't. I, you know, I will say, especially after he chirped me for Pittsburgh losing to Montreal. He can't and do look, that. And look, Philly fans, they're scumbags. It's what it is. It doesn't mean I don't like them. I'd rather root for the scumbags than uh, those Ke- those Quebecers out in Montreal. So just want to <laughs> just want to say that. Yep, and then the last one for sure, and I'm sure there's plenty of things that I'm missing right now off the top of my head. But oh, that's fine. Uh, I said Dallas and six, and I still believe it. Dallas and six, you still believe? Well, the way that they came back today, I mean, I maybe can believe it as well. I think the Flames are the better team, but they're Neither not. Neither team pu- inspires 
anything right now of confidence, right? Like it's exactly you have no idea what's happening in any of those games, but I just trust the scoring touch is finally coming. Fucking Joe Pavelski put the team on my back. And I just got to believe that Bishop's going to pull one out of his ass for the team. Well, that's the edge, man. It's they have a top goaltender and the Calgary flames. Don't both their goalies are better. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, for me, some, just some things I've noticed is uh, a quick, what the fuck in regards to the capitals and the Islanders, you were telling me before we went on air here that like, you believe that the Islanders, you know, could, could win this series, but you didn't think it was going to play out like this, man. I, I'm blown away that it's playing out like this. Ovechkin didn't get a shot on net till the third period today in their, uh, in their loss, which put them, you know, now that the Islanders have a stranglehold on them, that one's really surprising me. Uh, the Boston Carolina series isn't surprising me. I'm just, I'm just very entertained. I mean, you know, from the game being rescheduled and then having to go to overtime, um, which I thought was unbelievable. Um, I'm really excited for that one. The St. Louis Blues, Vancouver Canucks, I thought the St. Louis Blues would put up, honestly, more of a fight offensively. They're shutting down Pedersen, but Bo Horvat is in absolute beast mode right now. And the funny thing, State of Hoppy, is him and Pearson are racking up the points. Their line mate, Little Things Louie, zero. Zero points and 11 shots, or I think it's not 11, 15 shots on net. Um, and this from the, from the qualifying uh, round to now, he's still got no points, no points. And you know, this one is for Tom Franklin, Ryan. Oh, fucking Riley. Holy shit. Is that guy a horse? He, oh my God, you a horse <laughs> horse. I, oh, you're not a family guy person. I got to clip that no. one in there. <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, he shut down Pedersen. Simple as that. If it wasn't for Horvat, maybe we're talking about a different type of series. Last but not least, go Columbus. That's all I'm saying. Go Columbus. Lightning. I said in the last podcast, I was rooting for you for so long. It's over. I'm going all, all Columbus, baby. I know Tampa I would Bay be with leads. you, man, if I didn't have a lot of money coming my way if Tampa wins. Oh, well, then I'm even more excited for Saint, for the Columbus <laughs> Blue Jackets to win this one. Um, shit, man. We're out of time, honestly, on this podcast, guys. We'll run down the poll questions uh, on the next one. Um, thanks to everyone who participated on both the beer poll question and the NHL one, which was overtime inspired. And we didn't even get into that really too much on, uh, on this show at all. So maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that on Thursday as well. Uh, thanks to all the guests who joined us today. Thanks to those tuning in on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week, besides donating on Patreon, like I said earlier, is to give us five stars and a rating and review on iTunes and Apple podcasts. Please go listen to our webs or listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, download the episode before you listen as it just helps our business. Uh, we got more stuff coming on Patreon. It's in the works. Um, we're optimizing it. We got more prizes for those who uh, donate in the higher tiers. Patreon.com slash the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we have a, a roster of shows, uh, reoccurring shows that we're going to have lined up for Patreon. Right now, we just got the After Hours show and uh, some additional content that the hosts post. We'll ha- again, we'll have a lot more coming to you when officially Season 2 of the Hockey Podcast Network uh, starts after these playoffs. But again, please uh, go support all the hosts on Patreon because without the hosts, there is no network. Uh, you can follow myself at VI Sports Talk and, of course, the show at The Soda Pod and the network which we belong to at Hockey Pod Net. Uh, where can they find you, sir? At State of Hoppy. Signing off, I'm Isha Jerome alongside the State of Hoppy. You good, man? We're good, man. This has been The Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.
from the wild woods of Vancouver. Actually, one sec here. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure your your brother was still in here because we got him in the, for everyone again watching the live stream. This is the behind the scenes stuff. We have our first guest waiting in the waiting room for us. And I wanted to make sure he was still there before I just start going off here. So, uh, all right, uh, take two. <laughs> 